You got me mad now. You know, you got a back pickle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the back pickle in this arena. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know what the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your thumb But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there at internet land and welcome Episode 266 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. I'm Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nipper Cone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer, and we're joined for the first time in eons by the third man of the podcast, Brian Isley. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. What's up, man? It's good to hear from you guys, man. It's good to be back. Real? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, been a... Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever, happy holidays, I, that's the politically correct term, I don't there you want go. to offend anybody, but uh, yeah, happy holidays to you guys, man, it's been a long time. I know, it has, but we got yeah. we got a lot of catching up to do, we got a lot of crazy pro wrestling to talk about here on New uh-huh. Year's Eve Eve on December 30th as we're recording this, we wouldn't leave y'all going into the new year without a new show. So we wouldn't leave y'all hanging like that. But Nick, how are you doing tonight, my good brother? Uh, we would have left them if like the studio was open, and I would have been just been like, "Now nah, we're not doing that this week." But we got nothing to do, so of course That's we're fair. gonna record, you know. So, but I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, just kind of like trying to get away from social media. Holy crap, it's been <laughs> a terrible few days. So I'm uh, hope- hopeful that we'll entertain the masses. Like all the millions of people that listen to this podcast. Can't wait. The millions. It, uh, millions. <laughs> millions. Yes. millions. That'd be dope if that was the case. I'm not sure about that, though. <laughs> Boy, you just got to roll with it, man. If it, <laughs> you just got to roll Look, with it. I got to be honest. It'd be nice if we had millions and millions. The thousands and thousands is for sure. That's, that's a for sure thing. Yeah, yeah, word. No doubt. You know. There you go. We don't want false advertising in case we get a sponsor, and they'd be like, "But you said you had millions." <laughs> but you said, you said it, you said, yeah. Slim Jim. It's only Slim been five Jim's and a half years. Would, Slim Jim would be pissed if you if you didn't have right, <laughs> right. The niggas that bag, all because we bag. right. I'm trying to dress up like Macho Man in Halloween Havoc ninety <laughs> was it ninety seven when you had yeah. the Slim Jim fit. You know, yeah. Trying to be like oh my him. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that that's why Snap you want the Slim Jim sponsor so you can dress up like Macho Man, not the money. That's, no, forget, forget once they the get, money, no, right? once they give us the money, then I'll dress up like that. Like that's that's the position I'm trying to be in. Like they've given me so much money that I would wear such a ridiculous outfit. It's like you know what they paid me, so that's what Macho Man was thinking. Jesus Christ, Macho Man probably wouldn't have worn that normally, but because they was you know, coughing up money, he was like, you know what, put, put some more extra lightning bolts on my. <laughs> they was definitely tossing they, the bag was being tossed at all WCW the whole roster they were getting a bunch of bags back then alright Macho Man was securing one of the biggest and he was like more Slim Jims please 
But uh, <laughs> speaking of WCW, we're going to do another deep dive on this here episode into WCW. We did Starcade 97. It's only right that we followed up with Starcade 98. And of course, we did Halloween Havoc 98 a couple weeks back around Halloween. But here's, you know, the, the next big major show after that, I guess. Or so not really the next one, yeah. but, you know. Because what's, what's after Halloween Havoc usually? Uh, World um, War Three. World War Three, and then Starcade, <laughs> but nobody cares about World War Three. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, Starcade '98, the night that the streak of Bill Goldberg came to an abrupt end at the hand of Kevin Nash. Uh, we will talk about that and so much more happening at this show. Twenty-two years ago, a couple days ago, from the, it happened December twenty-seventh, nineteen ninety-eight. So, yeah, Sunday. So just past the anniversary, the twenty-second anniversary of the show. We're gonna talk all about it. But before we get into that, we got to touch on some unfortunate news that just, you know, really hit home with a lot of people in the wrestling world. And that's the passing of John Huber, better known to wrestling fans as Brody Lee. Or if you're just a WWE fan, he was Luke Harper. But everybody, you know, from Independence to now AEW, know him as Brody Lee. Or, of course, the man himself, John Huber, uh, he passed away this past weekend at the age of 41. Uh, due to what his wife described as a non-COVID-related lung issue, which I know people ran with that, and, or at least one reporter uh, kind of ran with that and tried to, I guess, drum up a conspiracy theory. Why were they hiding the, you know, the this and that? Well, whatever. We're not going to get into that. Either way, yeah. that's what his wife said. We're going to go by what his wife said. And, and it's unfortunate, man. It's, he was a great wrestler, but a lot of the stories that have come out about him have been about the man. John Huber and how much of a great friend he was to a lot of the wrestlers, how much of a great husband he was to his wife Amanda, how how much of a great father he was to his sons. Um, yeah, it's just it's it that hit came out of nowhere because obviously we didn't have any heads up about it. We didn't know he was in a grave state, and then the news just hits and it's just like, whoa, like what? Real? I remember Nick, you texted me, <laughs> and I was just like, what? And I literally yeah. was. Uh perusing my twitter timeline and that was one of the tweets that i saw it had been posted like one minute prior so i was just kind of like wait what and uh i don't know if, like my first instinct was i didn't really read it all i saw was a picture of john humor and uh you know then i saw like the dates you know to tw- ending in 2020 i'm like wait these are the types of graphics that they make when somebody dies like this didn't happen so i clicked on it and then i read it and uh i was just like shell shocked like whoa and i had realized that you know yeah we haven't seen him on tv in so long and actually his last match was on my birthday and it's just kind of surreal to think about that in in terms of the dark order and like the whole storyline going on and just sitting back and be like wow two months ago like holy s word um, and I was, I was like upset about it, you know, like, I mean, I don't think anyone out there who, uh, followed Brody Lee's career would have not been upset. And the fact that, you know, usually we're, we under like we, we see it reported if somebody's out for so long, but I'm not even sure maybe there were reporters out there that were like, Hey, Brody Lee's been out for a while. Is anything going on? And. He just had to say like no comment or anything because according to Amanda, like according to people close to Amanda, she didn't want it out there. That's her every right. Uh, John's wife Amanda every right to have that privacy. So, 
uh, th- just seeing that on Twitter, and then I was kind of like, wait, what? And I was like, it was just kind of surreal, and I had to kind of take it in. And, it, and I felt the same way when I was perusing Twitter, and I saw Chadwick Boseman passed away uh, months mm. ago, and I, it was kind of the same feeling that I felt. It just sucks. That's highly unfortunate. It's just, like you said, just two months ago, a little over two months ago, he was in the ring, and now he's gone. And it's just like, damn. Like, And in 2020, it's been like that, man. It's been a terrible, terrible year on multiple fronts for a lot of people. Uh, and this was a, a crappy way to end it. It was just somebody who was so beloved throughout the industry to pass away. And just, just like, what, what happened? Like, how? Like, how could this happen? And you think somebody so big and strong could be so healthy, and then it just... Your body just turns on you. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and, you know, my mother passed away in March, and, you know, I'm reading uh, or listening to Dave Meltzer kind of tell us the timeline of how everything happened, and it it's almost like I was reading, you know, the same type of stuff that was happening to my mother through dating back to last August, uh, August of 2019. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what uh, – Brody Lee was, you know, uh, battling with, with with his lung issue, but um, you know that was kind of like what me and my family were dealing with with my mother. And uh, you know, you, you you hope and pray for the best. And at, at some point, I, I, it seems like the AEW roster knew because uh, the tribute started almost you know s- simultaneously. And I think they they knew uh, it was coming, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, that's terrible. It man. can't be it can't be an easy thing to you know, especially if you were close to him. And it seemed like everybody that he's ever worked with was close to him. You know, he made the it's like he made them feel like they were the most important person he was working with. And uh, you know, you don't see many people like that in the wrestling industry or in the world as a whole, really. And uh, you know that it just made my heart sink. You have any thoughts on John Huber, Brian? Yeah, it's, it's it's always rough hearing news like that, especially like man, forty one, like wow. Um, and the same thing with Chadwick. Chadwick was what forty two. Kobe was forty one. I'm still reeling from Kobe. Like I'm, so it's it's just it's just been one thing after another this year, man. This year, this year has been horrible like the the worst it's it's been the worst year that i could think of i haven't thought of any worse year that i've been alive around it to see it's just been bad and i just feel bad for the families man like i feel bad for his children his wife i'm pretty sure they had a lot they 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 thought they had a lot more years than this and it just goes to show you I know it sounds cliche, but man, life is short. You need to, yeah. you need to tell the people that you love that you love them. And I mean, like, the moment you get that chance, just you, you gotta, you gotta tell them, man, because you never know. You never know. That's all I got. To, it's just rough, man. It's, it's, it's just rough to see. It's rough to hear. And like, you know, what the, the good thing, the only, the, the silver lining in this is like he had a lot of love. Like I didn't know that many people love that guy yeah so yeah. that that was that was nice to see um just my timeline was flooded with 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 john huber and 
I was like, wow, he, he really had a strong following and a strong fan base. And that was dope to see. It's sad to see him pass, though. It's just awful. Yeah, like like we said, like Big E's been putting out stories pretty much daily about John Huber. It's wild. Yeah, the funny funny part is I, I remember thinking when he went to AEW, I was like, okay, let's see what they do with him. Like I I was a fan of him as Luke Luke Harper in WWE, but you know that ceiling is so so tiny, uh, it, it's hard to break through. So you know he took his chances, uh, and I think he even. Uh, I don't remember if he was quoted as saying it, uh, but he took a chance on himself. You know, like he he was making less money in AEW than he was in WWE, but he believed in himself and took that chance. And you know, I, I enjoyed everything he did over there. My like, yeah, I criticized that character. I was like, oh, it's too much like Vince McMahon, but I mean, it was entertaining. You know, that's what it, that's at the end of the day, that's what wrestling is. You know, that's kind of what they do. And my favorite AEW match to date has been his. Total <laughs> demolishing of Cody Rhodes to win the TNT title on I think it was like a Saturday episode of Dynamite. Um, that was like one of my favorite matches because it reminded me of Brock Lesnar completely demolishing John Cena at SummerSlam. You know, like it was a, basically a glorified squash match, and I I get entertained by those. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but uh, it's been my, it was my favorite AEW match to date. So and, and he was part of it. It's just absolutely crazy uh, to think that. Months after that happened, you know, like he's not here anymore. And, uh, you know, I think from all we hear from people involved and people in the know is AEW has been doing a great job taking care of taking care of John Huber's family. And, uh, you know, they signed his son, Brody Jr., to a AEW contract. So I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully he, he grows up to be a great wrestler or involved in the wrestling business. And, uh you know, they're already kind of making that known that they don't want his family going anywhere. Like, he, his family is their family, and I really appreciate seeing that because we, we don't see that usually in companies doing that for people. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's nice to see, uh, and really that it just sucks that, you know, he had to die. And, yeah. uh yeah, like I said, timeline. You said timeline's been flooded with memories. Like I said, Biggie's putting out stuff like every day. Yeah, this little yeah, thing, he, it's him Wyatt especially. Out, yep. Yeah, it, it's it's it sucks, man. It really sucks. Like I said, it's a it's a it's a f- unfortunate way to end a crappy year all across the, the board. Losing the somebody like that. Year. Yeah, the crappiest yeah. year, bro. Yeah, especially somebody who's like I said, hit touch so many people in a positive way. You know, like. That sucks, man. Yeah, like that it, really sucks. so many In people have like photos with him. You know, that's one thing to share like a funny moment with a coworker, but they're actually like he must have been so well liked that people like wanted to document that moment with him with a photo and that doesn't happen that often even in today's digital age where i mean like not i don't want to take a photo with very many of my coworkers. Uh, <laughs> so uh to see like i uh, who was it uh kevin owens uh posted a video of him and uh john huber on a helicopter tour uh yeah. in hawaii or they were in hawaii or something like that they're just making faces, and I, it's got to be like such a different experience being in a helicopter. I've never been in one. Uh, I don't know how it feels, like the aerodynamics and stuff. You probably feel like you're not. Maybe you're, you feel like you're not sitting on something. I don't know, but um, it's just a funny 
like everything that's people shared with John Huber was like documented in some way. And we see like all these pictures and videos uh, come out and it's just awesome that you know, he's the type of person that I actually strive to be. I want to be able to make my coworkers or a stranger's life easier just by, you know, helping them do something or see if I've seen them struggle with something, you know, just step in and help them and seem like he was really the guy, like that mentor type personality in the locker room because I, I even think Chad Gable said like he was starting to get down and once he got saddled with the shorty G gimmick, you know, John Huber was one of the first people to approach him. That's, you know, kind of get him motivated a little bit and, you know, understood, he probably understood that that feeling of being, you know, okay, this, maybe Chad doesn't like this gimmick, but, you know, he, this is hopefully my way of helping him. So I just want to be that type of person that Brody Lee was. Yeah, we should all strive to be that type of person. If only we had more John Hubers in the world, it would be a better place. Absolutely. You know? So unfortunately, he is, we've lost him, and, uh, and, it's, and it's sad. So rest in peace to John Huber. Rest and in condolences peace. to to the Huber family and all his friends and all his fans. We're three of them. Uh, I mean, we were all. I'm pretty sure we were all fans of him when he first time I noticed him was he was in WWE. He was Luke Harper, and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, this guy's a star. Like, if if he if they split up the group, he should be the guy that kind of gets to push it. And he had a little bit of a push, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, didn't quite work out. And but he still was super talented and. Then he goes to AEW, and you know they're like, okay, we got a big guy here who can talk. Like he's really good with the acting and stuff like that. Like, all right, let's go. And then this happens, so it's just a shame. But uh, rest in peace, John Huber, again, and condolences. Yeah, to his and we are we are recording this before uh, the AEW Dynamite tribute show, so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you know, if we're still recording when it comes on and something cool happens, I'll be sure to mention it. But uh, if you don't hear any of that later on, that's while you're listening to this podcast, that's why. <laughs> Just wanted to make, make that note. And also, rest in peace, we didn't mention this last week or in a recent show, but Tiny Lister died a couple weeks, like, not Man. too long ago. Man. And we didn't mention Man. that. And Man. Brian, if you, I'm sure you've been listening and stuff like that, but in the recent show, we did the, the No Holds Barred uh, deep dive. And, of course, <laughs> that had Tiny Lister as Zeus in it. Right. And I've vouched hard for tiny lister and then of course nobody cares if i vouch for it but like you know i'm just saying like he deserves to be in the wwe hall of fame if you're gonna put drew carey in there for having one match or donald trump in there or a snoop dogg in the hall of fame i don't know it's just yes, he is. so many celebrities yep. aren't worthy of being in a wwe hall of fame zeus had not only the movie he did the, the big match they did too at, on the pay-per-view thing he did SummerSlam. he did multiple matches for wwe and he had m- matches in wcw if there's any yeah, celebrity did. That should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. It should be Tiny Tommy Tiny Lister. Instead, yeah, he's he, not for some reason. And maybe he didn't want to, but, you know, it's a shame that... I'm glad we gave him his flowers while he was still alive to smell them. But now he's gone, and it's, and it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, he should he should be in there. He should have been there Should have been in there a while ago. Shouldn't have to take him past him for them to be like, oh, yeah, he should be in. Nah, he should have been in a, a long time ago. You're right. He had a he had a run with Hogan, Mach and, and and Sherry. They did he he did no holes barred, man. Like a lot of people, you know, I, I saw a meme. I saw a meme that said, uh a lot of y'all know him as Debo. I know him as Zeus. And that's real. 
Right. You know what I mean? A lot of people that saw that movie. That was a big movie back in the day. Yeah. Definitely. Like that that's how a lot of people were introduced to him. And you know, he he definitely in the in Friday the classics and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. We we definitely know him as 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 Debo as well. But I was scared as hell of Zeus. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was scared of Zeus. Debo was funny to me. Of course, he was knocking people out on Friday all day, but uh, Zeus was a real deal to me, man. I was scared, man. Especially, I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. He was just in the movie. Now he's in the ring for real. Oh my God, turn this <laughs> off. I'm, I'm shook. <laughs> yeah, we, we we talked about in great detail how much of a legend he was, or you know, right. was I guess because he's passed on, but and how many movies, how many roles he had over the years, and so many things. Like, like, like he was in major motion pictures like Batman uh what was the, the Dark Knight Rises and then he had he did voice acting and Zootopia and it's like all this different stuff that he did um but he was on the he, TGIF classic sitcom step by step he was on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a bot he's on uh, Fresh Prince remember the episode of Fresh Prince they did when Carlton tried to go hood all of a sudden yeah 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 he when, was on there with, Carl, with Carlton with C-Note yeah yeah C-Note <laughs> C-Note. C-Note, C-Note was, yo, that's when, for real, for real, when Carlton became C-Note, that's when Carlton became my favorite character on the show. From C-Note on, he was my favorite character. Between him and Jeffrey. Yeah, C, I'll never forget C-Note. C-Note was with all smoke. <laughs> C-Note didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave the hood. Like, once he was there. He, he was there. Was he was like, I'm happy now. <laughs> this is where I belong. Will had to drag. He had to go get Uncle Phil to drag him up out of there. <laughs> he was all about. That. He was about that action. As soon as he got there. Yeah. Oh, and and Viv and Viv punked uh, Debo though. You remember that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was so good that he could play the big scary guy in, in the role, but he could also like cower a little bit. Like he was. Yeah. He was super talented. I don't think people. I don't think he got enough acclaim for how just how good he was, how talented he was with. I just watched literally watched Little Nicky last night from uh, Adam Sandler, uh, and he was in the Little Nicky. He was one of his brothers, uh, one of his devil brothers, I guess you call. It. I don't know, but uh, damn, he was good, man. He was he dope. Was good. So yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, to Tiny Lister, uh, still worthy of being in the WWE Hall of Fame, Definitely. whether he's passed on or not. Uh, but we lost him recently too, and I, I forgot to mention that. So we got to make. More awkward transitions. We made a lot of awkward transitions. It was weird. We didn't mention it on the podcast, but we we did uh, share you know it on Twitter and our condolences right. on Twitter and Facebook. So. Right. Let's so, make it less yeah. awkward then. Let's make it less awkward. <laughs> Shout out to C Note. Now we can move. <laughs> Shout out to C Note. <laughs> <laughs> the real thug out here in these streets. Nobody <laughs> talked about. Be so let's let's just hood legend. <laughs> C-Note. What a stupid name. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, let's let's transition to... Let's go back. Let's go back in time now to 1998, December 27th, to be exact, to what was known as then the MCI Center in Washington, D.C. for Starcade. The biggest show of all time, as Tony Schiavone might, might have said <laughs> once or twice in the show. Uh, but I'm going to start with you, Brian. Where yeah. were you in December of 1998? Do you recall watching the show? Where were you in life 
1998. <laughs> well, damn, you, you, damn, you gonna make me feel real old, man. I was uh, I was entering my, se- I was, I was a senior in high school. Damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> You knew it was coming too. Like, I don't even know why you see why you do that. Why you do that? That's well, right. So it's my I sister. I do it to Nick sometimes too. <laughs> now I like do it to Nick. Hey, it. how old, how old were you? What do you yeah. remember? Because Nick has watched a lot of these shows. Like when it yeah. happened. So yeah, Nick was watching all of them. <laughs> at this at this point, I already had my tape collection started. You know, with yeah, every single pay per view, every Nitro, every Raw. Yeah, I was. Wow. I would even uh, pen in the logo of the show try and mimic the logo instead of just no, writing instead of like just writing <laughs> starcade you know i would try and write like the little you know diamond oh or God. the star that they were doing with the bubble letters yeah definitely did that nick was all I, that's why i got to find these tapes cuz all the labels have that type of stuff on them oh man even the uncensored logo <laughs> i probably did the same thing when i was a kid if i was doing that like i <laughs> I, I was that way with football so it's just not wrestling, but I was in eighth grade. <laughs> at this you point. were in eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. 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 See, I, I was, was. I was allowed to vote at this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was just being given the, the privilege to vote. So uh, yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't watch it live, but I remember going to school the next day, and my best friend, my best friend. Uh, <laughs> he, he was a huge Goldberg fan. Matter of fact, I think I said this on the show. Um, he he was he was a little darker than everybody else, so we called <laughs> oh, no. him Blackbird. <laughs> Y'all terrible. So, yeah, I, yeah, but he 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 answered to it. It's not what you call it; it's what you answer to. So wow. yeah, he he was a. Blackbird. I mean, he was. Blackbird, he was spearing everybody in school and everything, Jack Cameron and all that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, I, I remember I, I seen him and he was so distraught. <laughs> he, he was upset. And I'm like, yo, Dez, what's up with you? Like, you ain't here. I was like, nah, what? Like, I'm thinking I'm going to receive some really bad news. And he's like, yo, the streak is like over. My- <laughs> like my uncle died or something. My uncle yeah, died. My- yeah. And I'm like, I know this is a family show, so I can't say what I want. But I was like, N-word? What? Like, what? <laughs> so? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He got really Look. mad at me. He's like, hey, yo, bro, we, that's not what we're going to do today. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. I'm going to let you mourn <laughs> and grieve uh, the, the, the loss of the street. And, and then he was like, man, it's the way they did it, though. <laughs> he was so <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I want to see if he would have got pinned clean. If that's one thing, clean. It's the, way, it's the way they did it. I'm like, yo, come on. Man. What a mark, Bro, What a mark. <laughs> <laughs> but look, y'all called him Blackbird. He embraced yeah. that. He felt like Goldberg. So like when he lost, he that, a piece of him lost too. Like for real, he embraced that. You said he was spearing people. He probably shaved his head. And like I was, yeah, I was, I was, um, got I that was tattoo. Brian, I was Brian Hitman Hart. <laughs> we had, we was all into it back then. Like, uh, it's like one dude, um, 
my one of my other friends, his name was Darius Davis. We call him DDP, Darius Davis Page. Like we, we had we had names for everybody. We embraced all that. We used to have like battle royals after school at the football field. We had one so crazy that the cops showed up. <laughs> And there's a gang battle going on here. Yeah, all all these all these colors back here doing fighting. And <laughs> call, gang activity. Call the cops. These hoodlums are back here <laughs> stirring up trouble. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, yeah, that that's the funny story about Star K ninety. My my boy was upset. He looked like he was literally about to cry at the lunch table. It was bad. Damn. Yeah. Because they tased well, Goldberg. You should have trolled him <laughs> as you were going to like throw your trash out and just bend over and be like, who's next? And all fight would have <laughs> broke out. No, no, no. No, because he, 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 really, he can really fight like for real for real. So <laughs> I don't want no smoke with that. Well, then you just tell uh, whoever you hate to say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you are very vindictive. I like that. Yeah, that's terrible. He's walking around with black air forces all the time. Just yeah. people. <laughs> I don't think black air forces was the staple. I want smoke shoe back then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was. I think you. I think it was still fashionable back then. Now you can't. I can't even wear them now. now like you, you y'all seen me before. I'm six two. I'm two hundred thirty pounds. I'm a big black dude. I can't be walking around with air force. Every black <laughs> air force one. I rested on the spot. Other black people gonna want to try me. It's it's too much. <laughs> I can't do it. But nah, he didn't have. Uh, we were in the um, we were into the Jordans back then. The team Jordans. That's when they first came out, and they start pulling out the team Jordans. We was rocking them back then. Nah, no black Air Force ones back then. <laughs> well, there's a lot of speaking of trashing people. <laughs> There's a lot of trash on this show so, so, at various points. <laughs> He's still good with those segues, Brian. Yeah, that's an excellent segue. He's, it seems like it, it seems like he's gotten better. That's real smooth. That was real I'll be, smooth. I'll be, man, I'll be off the top of the dome with it. Let's just write out. Like that's what five machine. years. That's what five years of podcasting to do, man. Like <laughs> right, you you get super sharp with it. I just you just pull a lever and I just come out with a segue. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't get too big. See, see, see. <laughs> get this guy an inch and he takes a mile. God, <laughs> give me a rope. I want to be a cowboy. Come on, <laughs> just stop it. Just stop. <laughs> no, man. But uh, you said it's a lot of trash. Like I don't even remember the card. Like what's <laughs> besides Goldberg getting cheated out the belt. <laughs> We don't get into it uh, right now because we're going to talk about it. Let's do All it. Right. Let's dive in to this deep dive. Dive deep into Star Starcade 1998, <laughs> which started off with a very basic intro of Goldberg. It was just really Goldberg. That's all this intro was. And I wrote that it wasn't nearly as epic as the one the year before because that was the Sting Hogan one. Mm. And they just built up that big match. And, of course, we talked all about how they built all, up, all that excitement. And, and hysteria just to fumble that bag, you know, as that night went on. But we're joined here on the call by Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tenay. And I wrote, the first thing I wrote down was that the Starcade 1998 stage was way better than the Starcade 97 stage. And I know me and Nick, we had a debate about this 
on the Starcade 97 episode. The Starcade 97 stage was kind of kind of whack, but at least the Starcade 98 stage had like columns. I yeah, guess. yeah, I noticed that too. Almost like a castle type of, or like a, yeah. a mansion type feel to it. Um, and I did like the gold color motif. I think it actually uh, made it look better. I understood, you know, the year before, you know, Sting's character is like dark, so you go with like the dark or the blue type thing. But um, everything about this set, you know, like Starcade '98, very much I should say better than Starcade '97. So I will agree with you there. All right. Well, thanks for agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you they for listening the to the straight shooters. <laughs> <laughs> they run down the big matches on the card. Of course, we got Goldberg, Kevin Nash. They talked all night about Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair. All like, night, oh, all night. We got an epic show ahead of us, but not before we cut to this QVC commercial. <laughs> and you're like, what oh. the hell? What? What is this? And it was like a, a commercial about QVC having an, a, a WCW event. At the Spectrum in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> on December well, 30th. Tonight is the 22nd anniversary of this event. <laughs> what? So. And it was a commercial <laughs> with Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, yeah. and Scott Steiner. And Scott <laughs> Steiner talking like in a normal voice, <laughs> not <laughs> yelling. like yeah. Just like, and be there December 30th, guys. And it's like, what? 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 What is? Wow. This is how you start off the biggest show of the year? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That Hey, WWF took advantage of that home shopping network all the time. So um, They didn't start a show with that a a commercial <laughs> for it, though. <laughs> that's, that's true. And Welcome to the biggest <laughs> event in the year and QVC. B- by the way, I didn't know this. QVC is based out of Westchester. And this yes. show, this show, I think it was like a two-hour show. I literally just watched Starcade yesterday. And I went on YouTube to see if this show existed. It was uploaded the day prior. So I mm. scrolled through the show just to see like how it was and everything. It was a WCW house show at the Spectrum that night. That's why they were there. Oh. That's why I like it. Oh. And, and they kept saying, hey, it's not work. Like they were by the ring. There was like, another QVC guy by the ring saying like, yeah, like we're here at the Spectrum and the action's going down and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like this isn't uh, being aired anywhere else. It's like, well, thank God. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the old school WCW apron, and then like that black ring mat with like the black ropes and black turnbuckles, and obviously the lighting was so like dim. It did not look like the spectrum was filled at all. And uh, then you had like the QVC spots backstage. Hell no, it wasn't filled. It was it's hilarious. W- WCW house show. Hell no, it wasn't filled. <laughs> but then you had Kevin Nash, you know, with the belt because it was right after this, and you know it was before the whole NWO thing, uh, second time around. So, yeah, this show is hilarious. I'll send you guys the link. But uh, I just I, I fa- I'm not going to watch it. I, I fast forward it through it. it. There's hilarious, like Goldberg's there, and all this merchandise, watching. all this merchandise is so ridiculous. It's hilarious. <laughs> Scott Steiner does make an appearance, and oh, he's no. talking normal. Like it's funny. Oh, oh. <laughs> Nick is giving you the whole rundown, trying to give you the <laughs> spiel, trying to get you hyped to watch this WCW house show. <laughs> and Vaughn is adamant, I'm not watching it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm but, not watching it. Yeah, Goldberg's there, and then and, and, and it's action, and I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got a funny story about QVC. 
because you, you're right. They are based out of Westchester. They're like right, not far away. So Thanksgiving last year, we're at my girlfriend's aunt's house, right? And we're in the basement we're watching football. I come up the steps. There's a television in the kitchen, and it's on QVC. I walk up the steps, and who do I see on there? But my main man, Pots, and my other main man, Pots and Pants, Dave Spadaro. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Dave Spadaro on QVC. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, I know him. Like, that's Spuds. <laughs> like, why is he on QVC right now? <laughs> I'm like, what? And I remember texting him, like, hey, what? what you just on QVC tonight? Like, why? <laughs> like, what you doing? He was on there, like, selling, like, NFL merchandise, like, from, from all the teams. And he's just going, boom, 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 talking about the Titans. And then we got the Packers, one of the oldest teams in the league, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, damn, he's he's good, man. I'm like, shout out to Dave Spadaro. This is my guy. I love Dave Spadaro. So, for Eagles fans, know who Dave Spadaro is. But <laughs> if you're not an Eagles fan, you probably don't know. But just know he's very talented at what he does. And I saw him on QVC last year, and it was strange. But that's my I wonder QVC if that's story. on YouTube. <laughs> I'll check that <laughs> Maybe, out. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny as hell, though, because I did not expect to see it. See it, like, right there. Like, that's there he is. That's Spuds. All right. <laughs> So then we go, again, biggest show of the year, Star Trek 1998. We start off with a QVC commercial. Now we're going to Mean Gene Oakland. So, like, here we go. We talked about Halloween Havoc yeah, 98, right? seriously. Oh. And how long it took to get a match in the ring. I think it was 12 minutes before the bell rang. And here we go again. A commercial and Gene Oakland, who mentioned Bob Ryder. Rest in peace to Bob Ryder. He died back in November. Uh, it's like the father of like one of the forefathers of like TNA and uh, was a big guy as far as like um, like podcasting or like really like Internet radio shows and wrestling and stuff like that. So but yeah, that's how we started this show. <laughs> like, OK, two plus the first bell for the first match didn't ring until eight minutes and 19 seconds mm. on the biggest show of the year. Mm. <laughs> And I have a. I actually calculated, uh, thanks to Wikipedia, how much in act bell to bell ring action uh, there was during this pay per view, and I'll let you know at the end. Okay, on a nearly three hour show now. Yeah. Two, just two two forty something on WWE Network, so <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Nice. I'm, I'm curious nice. to know what that time is. Yeah. But the first match on Star K ninety eight. It's a triple threat match, or they call it a triangle match, for the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship. We got Billy Kinman defending yeah, against Rey, Myst- yeah. Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera in a, what I thought was a hell of a fun match. This match was great. That sounds lit. Like, the, just, was, the, just the yeah. three names, that sounds crazy. Especially at that time. They were like, they might have not been the main event but they were given a lot of time and nitro was three hours in, in this era so uh the cruiserweights especially these three uh throughout the weeks you know leading up to this and even before that and even after it uh these three were at the top you know with eddie guerrero obviously but um yeah this match was great was this kidman with the jean shorts and a wife beater hell yeah oh you know it <laughs> yeah i like that I, I like that kid he has the worst shooting star <laughs> press though what? The Dude, worst? he cannot control it at all. Stop! Stop! He gave somebody I, he a concussion. He was like one of the innovators of it, though. How many he people was. were doing shooting stars before? I know him? he was one of the first ones I saw do it, and it was great. But looking back, it's like, dude, control that crap. Nah, you know who has the worst shooting star? The worst shooting star is Brock Lesnar because nah, he broke his neck on it. <laughs> yeah, he, that's because he jumped too high at a WrestleMania. He, I don't think he's done it since. 
Kim and he, he gave somebody a concussion. <laughs> he, I forget who it might have been. Uh, he gave himself a concussion yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's just, but you just look at it. It's so like uncontrolled. That's why I don't like it. It looks cool, but I don't like it because he goes like sideways. I just pictured it because he was so punch drunk after he missed the <laughs> after he missed the landing. Oh my god! Mister Bomb, like a mile, like he wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he was so gone, like he didn't even know where he was after that. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Damn, I'll give Billy Kidman this. He was, he was a bigger guy, I guess. Like, cause back then he wasn't a big guy, but nowadays he's probably like, like a heavyweight today. He was big Um, for cruiserweight. Yeah. So him doing the shooting star, I think, was kind of impressive. He did it, you know. He. He landed it right. You know, he didn't. As far as I know, it didn't hurt anybody. Of course, I Matt Seidel has a beautiful. Well, I think he gave star somebody in WWF a concussion when he went there and did it. Mm. I think. I have to. I have to research that. I see. He he did a this before he went to WCW. He did a show, uh, independent show at my my high school. I seen him do it live. That man, we went crazy when he did that. Yeah, because you're not paying attention to the, like you're just. You're not paying attention yes, to how I, uncontrolled I know, it is. I know what you mean. You don't by, sit here and be like, "Wow, that's a very controlled shooting star press." Five I stars. I know what you mean by control. Like it's centered. It looks really good, and he's always off to the side <laughs> and stuff like. Yeah. I know what you mean. He's got a crooked it's, shooting star. It's still dope because it's crooked. <laughs> it's his. It's his signature. It's the crooked shooting star press. CSSP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Look. Brian was 25 years old at that show. He know he he paid attention. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we? That's what we doing. We doing the Brian Cage <laughs> jokes now. That's what, that's what no, we're no, that's the last one. That's the last one. I'm sorry. You was you was you had that in the pocket too. As soon he as did. you <laughs> asked the question, it's quick with it. He was waiting. He was waiting for me to be quiet. As soon, as soon as I said I was a senior in high school and started K98. <laughs> You were lining them up. All right, I felt it. I felt it. It's been a long time. I, you know, I, I, you, you get one. You always get one. You get one, two. I'm not on your ass. <laughs> so this match, though, a lot of fun. They had some cool spots. I thought that that some like some fun sequences that didn't. It reminded me of something that that people do today. But it felt like there was a lot less cooperation involved. <laughs> well, nowadays, you can see these guys are obviously cooperating with each right, other. Right. And for some people, that's dope. Like, they don't care. But for others, it's a turnoff. I liked, I prefer this style, what I saw in this match, because you couldn't tell that they were really cooperating. It was just the timing was down, and the things that they were trying to do just made sense. But it was still a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I noticed on Mysterio, he was incredible. I mean,. Jesus Christ, when yeah. he was in WCW, holy hell, he was so good. He did the one thing where he did like a hurricanrana from off the top of somebody's shoulders or something like that. It was just bonkers yeah. stuff he was doing. He was only 24 years old when this match happened. 24 nice. years old, and he's arguably the best luchador in the world in, in 1998. Yep. But I also noticed he had this big old knee brace <laughs> on one yeah. of his knees already. Yeah. And it's just like a foreshadowing of things to come because when you got that style and you're not the biggest guy in stature when it comes to Rey Mysterio, 
a it's going to take a toll on your body. And even at 24, Ray was already rocking a knee brace because it did take a toll. But he was flat out incredible. Speaking of that shooting star, you know, we talked about how Jim Ross always says, like, oh, the guys hang out outside the ring and they stand next to each other and they look like idiots. Well, they did that before the shooting star. <laughs> like, Ray Mysterio and Juventude <laughs> was just hanging out next to each other, arm in arm, basically. And in came uh, Billy Kidman with the shooting star from the top rope outside of the ring. Like, that was dope. I don't you know. You say it was crooked, but. I thought it was dope. It, it was. It was crooked. I know what Nick is saying, but yeah, I get it. But and I, listen, right. when I'm watching it live, I don't care. Like I pay. I see that stuff now, watching it back. Um, but yeah, that night I was probably like, man, that's awesome. You know, just is what it is. I just it was notice awesome. it. It was awesome. It was awesome. At the end of the day, that's it. And that's it. Period. No more analytics. <laughs> no more analytics, Nick. Yeah, we're you not talking about like, PER. <laughs> you over there like Daryl Morey right now. <laughs> Set up a D- championship podcast. PER. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, Billy Kidman won because Eddie Guerrero failed at. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Guerrero failed at trying to help either yeah. Juventud or Ray Mysterio. I think. Uh, or he helped try to help Hoovy, yeah, and it didn't work out. Kidman retains. Then yeah, Eddie this Guerrero, this Latino, he comes out, I guess, you know, and he comes <laughs> out, he gets in the microphone, and he berates Mysterio, he berates Hoovenchude, and he's like, you know what, you guys suck. You we call Hoovenchude a moron like four times. You are a moron. You are a moron. And he would speak Spanish. I'm like, he must be really cussing him out in Spanish. But then, because I could, I didn't know what he was saying. He could say anything. Um, oh my god. And, and then he eventually. <laughs> Got to, he pretty much said, you know, if my friends can't do it, yeah, do it yourself. So he he challenges Kidman to a match. Kidman is like, you know what, you got all that mouth, let's do it right now. And Eddie Guerrero's like, well, wait a second, I ain't, I'm not ready, to, I'm not dressed <laughs> to compete. <laughs> and Billy Kidman's like, no, you talking big, you talking big, so let's do it right now. And this Eddie is a word for word promo. Pretty much, I verbatim just recited that. Um, but my thing was is. This whole thing playing out the way it did felt like an episode of TV. It didn't feel like the biggest show of the year. Like, you got the, all the talking before the match, the yeah. commercial and whatnot. Yep. Then you got this old angle that takes place where Kurt Angle, not Kurt Angle, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero comes out, <laughs> cuts a promo, makes a challenge, and then Kidman comes back out on the microphone. He, he accepts, and it's like, what the? Yeah. This, is, this is how you start the biggest show of the year. It just feels weird. But... This yeah. whole, a lot of the, the show was weird. No, I'm with you. It was a weird placement, uh, or should I say, uh, rundown of how this started. Uh, I, by the way, I, I have to say this: some matches I pay attention to commentary more than others uh, for for whatever reason. Maybe it's my attention span, but during the triple or triangle match, whatever they called them. Uh, back then, three-way dance. Uh, Bobby Heenan, Tony Schiavone, and Mike today had this hilarious, I don't know, it made me laugh uh, back and forth. Where uh, So they're in Washington, D.C., right? I don't remember let, like Starcade 97, them doing too much with the whole uh, D.C. bit, but uh, Heenan, Bobby Heenan goes, Bill's here tonight. <laughs> and obviously Bill Clinton's the president at this time. And Tony just goes, Bill? 
And Heenan goes, yeah. <laughs> and Mike today, there's like a pause. There's like wrestling still going on. And then Mike today goes, Bill who? <laughs> Heenan goes, Bill Schwartz. Yeah, he's an Bill old friend Schwartz. of mine from Cincinnati. <laughs> from Cincinnati. Oh, it just. It, they did make a couple of uh, I, Clinton references on yeah, the show. And oh my God. I was. And probably be obviously 1998. So Clinton was a punchline at this point uh, with the whole yep. Monica Lewinsky thing. But, uh, you know, that I, I remember listening to that. And I actually played it back just so I could get these uh, quotes. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, man, <laughs> they, they, they were, Bobby Heenan's so good. God, so good. And, I, don't, uh, I don't think he was at his best in WCW, but he was still pretty good. Yeah. Even his I, I still miss, was great. I still miss Dusty Rhodes, though. Yeah. I still yeah. miss Dusty Rose on commentary. I'm, I'm, probably sticking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm probably going to stick to 97 WCW just for Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> just, yeah. just, yeah. just so I can hear him go, well, he walloped them. Oh, what did he say at <laughs> Halloween Havoc? He, he, yeah. he, he wobble-legged them. That's what he said, wobble-legged them. <laughs> wobble he wobble-legged them, yeah. boy. He hit them. <laughs> he wobble-legged them. Love Dusty, you, man. You love Dusty for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> he's so great at commentary, bro. I love Dusty for everything else too, but for commentary, he's he's one of my personal favorites. I'm sorry. I don't know who um. was a riding it, <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't on it when he brought it to the ring. Love Dusty. Uh, uh, speaking of announcers, though, I'm gonna say Bobby uh, Heenan had good ones even during Kidman and Eddie Guerrero, and I have them. I have them. I have I'm, them ready. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sure, you do. <laughs> but what I noticed from the announcers was that they manufactured ways to talk about anything else but the matter <laughs> watching in front of them. <laughs> like, yes, like they yeah, made right. up ways to say, "Oh, last time I saw somebody that mad was Ric Flair when he talked to Eric Bischoff." By the way, <laughs> I fight tonight. Did you know? <laughs> Did you really have that? You just man- you literally just manufactured oh, a way to God. talk about Ric Flair versus Eric Bischoff again. Yep. We're only like 10 minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. We know it's happening. That's why we're watching the show. And they constantly talk about these other matches over and over. So that's one thing I never really liked about the WCW announcing style. I don't know if that was an edict to them or that was just their creative decision. But they talked about everything else they could besides what's happening in the ring. Yeah, and it changed, and it changed because it wasn't like that even in 96 or 97. But, you know, once they started losing to the WWF, like every Monday night, they did, they really started noticing the commentary. And obviously I was on the message boards and whatever, and people were saying the same thing. Uh, that they would talk about everything except what was happening in the ring, you know, because they were just talking about the storylines that were going on, the main event type storylines. And, you know... Tony Schiavone takes the heat for that because he's the main commentator. You know, you could have, you're not going to give Bobby Heenan heat for that or Mike today because Tony, in my mind, watching it as a fan, Tony's the one that drives all that. So, uh, in my mind, I was like, man, can he just please shut up and talk about the match? You know, always a big fan of Tony Schiavone. You know, so yeah, you can't kill him too much. But no, it not is. at all. What you going to say, Brian? He was my favorite. He was like, he was dope. Yeah. Like I said, he made everything make sense to me. Like right at he is dope because he's still announcing now, but he's, for he's real great. facts. Well, once he told Hulk Hogan go to hell, <laughs> straight to hell, <laughs> I was in. I was like, oh, this is my guy because he Dude, was serious. The, the funny part serious, is, dog. I watched. I bought Bash at the Beach '96. Like I will say, two years later, maybe three years later. So the first time I got to see the actual Hogan turn was maybe in late 98, 99. 
so I was I obviously watched the whole thing through the promo after the match, and hearing Tony Schiavone say that at the end, I was like, "Wait, what? Like Tony Schiavone said that? Like yeah. holy, holy crap!" And I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, "This is '96 WCW," and I'm like, "Man, Tony Schiavone really told Hulk Hogan to go to hell," and I never knew that twice. He told <laughs> yeah, him to go he to hell twice. Yeah, <laughs> straight to hell. Like, I was like, "Damn." Straight to hell. <laughs> okay. Not, no, go to hell. No, no detours, bro. Straight to no hell. Detours, no scenic routes. <laughs> straight. He's like, I, I never thought he'd straight be yellow. Hell. That's how he signed off. With gasoline draws. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I never <laughs> say he was signed off. That's that that that's the hardest sign off ever. <laughs> <laughs> and good night, everybody. And Hulk Hogan. Go F yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what he said. Um, Guerrero and Kidman had an okay match yeah. at Star K98. <laughs> uh, Guerrero was in jeans and steel toe boots, and <laughs> including one that he took off and tried to hit Kidman <laughs> over the head with. He did hit him in the head with it and he tried to pin him, home. but Kidman kicked out. Kidman kicked out, and then Guerrero wrestled the rest, wrestled the rest of the match with one shoe on, <laughs> and it was out here doing like leapfrogs and stuff like that with a with a plain white sock on his right foot. Like, damn, Eddie Guerrero was doing good. <laughs> like, he, jumping yeah, on the road, yeah, he no was wearing, problem. Wearing those jeans, wearing that LWO shirt. Billy Kidman wearing those jeans shorts with that white beater. Bobby Heenan says, "Looks like two construction workers are fighting on their lunch break." <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Love it. And then he tried to put it back on. He tried to put the boot back. I don't know if it was part of the whole thing, but he probably couldn't get it on right away. So he throws it away. <laughs> he threw it away, but it bounced like probably hit the cameraman and stuff. But and then Bobby Heenan goes, "Where's Al Bundy when you need him?" And God, it's so funny, man. Love Bobby. Wait, Heenan. wait. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. I I, I remember him saying that. I know who Al Bundy is, but I don't. What I don't get the reference. I just assumed it was because he's a shoe sal- shoe salesman. Uh, in the, oh, in the show, yeah. so yeah, get a shoe on. Of course, of course. I forgot Al Bundy was the terrible shoe salesman. Oh my god, I got something, and you did. That's why his oh. life sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the only reason. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the main reasons, though. <laughs> Al Bundy, one of the great characters in television history. Oh, Al! Fuck <laughs> 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 And like not only one of the greatest TV cat, one of the probably top three savages <laughs> on t- like ro- roast master savage on TV in TV history, bro. Like he let everybody on the show have it. It was just getting the fights with people and punch people in the face. Like <laughs> he was wild out here in these streets. Watch out for Al Bundy, man. He was he was like you said a straight savage out here in these streets. He's not not taking no mess of nobody. No, he wanted all smoke at all times. <laughs> he was ready. Then he'll tell you about scoring four touchdowns at Poke High back yeah. in the day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know four who's touchdowns. worse. I don't know who's worse, Al Bundy or Uncle Rico. Oh, I was Rico. At least Bundy had a career. And then, <laughs> for whatever reason, didn't work out. <laughs> I'd rather, much rather hang out with Al Bundy than Uncle Rico, but that's just me. Um, eventually, you mentioned, you know, Guerrero throwing the shoe and <laughs> the boot at Rey Mysterio. Well, Rey Mysterio took that personally. 
Uh, and he, then he helped Kidman win uh, by knocking... He knocked Eddie Guerrero off the top rope. Right in a great position for Kidman to hit a wonderful-looking shooting star press. Yes, Nick, <laughs> I said wonderful-looking. And he got to win. So he beat three Mexicans in one night. <laughs> one white guy beating up all the Mexican guys. Great. That's what we all want to see, right? How do these colonizers... So, so, so why are you... Why are you Kidman. Complimenting his shooting star press. Damn it. It's a great shooting star press. But it's Kidman not his decision the, uh, whether he wins or not. Kidman was, Kidman was Adrian Broner before Adrian Broner. He's the Karen. Oh, man. Anybody can oh. get it. <laughs> Africans, <laughs> Mexicans. Mexican. <laughs> Adrian Broner. What a goof he is. What a goof. Adrian Broner. Uh, a whole clown. <laughs> Everybody knew I beat that boy. Like, no, Everybody we all saw you lose that. to that man. I beat him. I'm the. I'm still. I'm still the can man. Anybody can get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ain't. We ain't say you beat up that boy. You saw you lose to that grown man. You punched you in the face 70, 72 times. Like we saw it. And, and we all seen you. <laughs> Trash. Moving on though, we got. Uh, another video package of Goldberg and Kevin Nash because, of course, that is our main <laughs> event. Don't forget, in case you forgot, that is the main event. <laughs> uh, then we go to the, now the third match of Starcade. Starcade, the biggest show of the year for WCW. <laughs> the biggest show of this, this is the Super Bowl of WCW. And what did they try out here? The third Norman longest Smiley match of the night. Prince, <laughs> Norman Smiley versus Prince Iacare. And look here, I ain't, I ain't disrespecting Norman Smiley. I think Norman Smiley's great. And Prince Iakea, he's cool too, all right? I ain't going to hate on nobody. It's just that word. The third, <laughs> the match. The third longest match of the night. Wow. And there's nine matches. But what? Man. The announcers barely paid attention to it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I barely paid attention to it. Uh, the fans gave it boring chance. The, the, pretty much the highlight of the match is Norman Smiley doing the big wiggle and, and yeah. pumping pumping the air all the time. This was like, before the hardcore title times where he would wear all that equipment and that would pop me. Right. But uh, I think they were he was still trying to be like a serious competitor at this point. Yeah. He was like winning matches with submission moves, mm-hmm. but still like humping the air and doing the pretending he's smacking the booty or something like that. Like he was nasty. He was, <laughs> it was weird. His he got a pop. Is- he got a His pop. name is Norman Smiley. Of course he's a creep. <laughs> Norman Smiley. <laughs> oh, yeah. They said that on the show. Norman Smiley. So, yeah. Um, he said, who's your daddy Starcade, when he bro, came out? Is... <laughs> what? He, he didn't have a deep voice at all. And he was like, who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Shout out to Norman Smiley, man. He's a great trainer down at NXT. <laughs> I, I don't want to disparage, man. It's just this is odd. This is just like why is this? This is a thunder match. It's not even nitro. <laughs> this is thunder. This is Saturday night. No, so, yeah. Man, they like said it. It's WCW they, worldwide. They said he was racking up wins on like Saturday night. Like he's <laughs> on a great winning streak. It's like then why is he on Starcade? Because <laughs> hey, Saturday night's still a big uh, show for them, that's, I guess. Man, forget that's a power oh. plant. That's a power plant <laughs> match. Hell, by one shit. Oh, this is the QVC see. show opening match <laughs> in front of people with their spectrum. Bro. What is this? Uh, I just 
I just didn't understand it. But Norma Smiley won, and that's all I have to say about that. I don't know, Nick, if you had any observations. Uh, I, I did note it was the third longest match of the night. 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Incredible. And uh, I like that uh, Smiley used a cross-faced chicken wing for a little bit there. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, Norman. I gave this match 11 minutes, bro. 11 minutes and 31 seconds. According to Wikipedia. I did the Wikipedia bell to bell thing, so. 11 yeah. minutes for Prince So the only, the only two Norma matches. Smiley at Starcade. By, by the way, this Starcade. was longer than Nash versus Goldberg, by the way. <laughs> by 11 seconds. That's as well, at least Goldberg wasn't like. There's no. 20 least, minute epic there's no. Every night, so. uh, 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 come on, a Starcade. Come on. He, that's the, you, 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 you go past 15, you're running the risk of overextending Goldberg in 1998. You have four more minutes. You have four more minutes. And, and he's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> something something <laughs> bad's going to happen. <laughs> and even in 2020, it's still the same way. It's like yeah. three minutes yeah. in and out, pay me my money, I'm gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> cut the check, I'm out. Spear, jackhammer, bounce. That's, that's what I'm doing. So... What a time. What a time this was. So, uh, we followed that up. You know, big match. Norma Smiley versus Prince Ikea. <laughs> we got huge. the momentum going. Let's get, get that momentum going. How do we keep this momentum going? With the promo, of course. <laughs> With the <laughs> entrance and everything. Somebody that doesn't even it's have like, a match. Right. What, what, y'all couldn't have do, done this backstage? I guess it's, <laughs> since it's Scott Hall, he, he has to do the hey-yo. And yeah. they wanted that in front of the fans, but... No, took my thing with pay-per-views is that most promos, if not all of them, should happen backstage if it's a, if it's a pay-per-view. TV, I get it. You're going to have people in the ring. But there, there, are, there must be a unique circumstance where a promo or a talking segment has to happen in the ring, for me at least, on a pay-per-view. I want, I want matches. This is why I'm here. Not to see the TV <laughs> stuff. I want to see the pay-per-view stuff. I want to see the matches. I want to see people fighting. And people talk before their matches backstage. Oh, hey, The Rock, how you doing? You're going to go out and challenge Triple H for the title. Talk about it. And he talks about it. He says, if you smell what the rock is cooking, boom, right back to the ring. <laughs> Instead, we got Sky Hall coming to the ring saying 1998 wasn't a good year for him. Remember, two months prior, his best friend beat him up for being a drunk. Uh, yeah, we Remember covered, that? Halloween covered that. Yeah. So we talked about that. Beat him up just, be- just because he's an alcoholic um, and ch- try to beat the alcohol out of him. Damn. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, remember this when that Hall had the, the, the drinking problem in reality and the storyline. Yeah. So they turned it into into a storyline, and they had a match with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, where Kevin Nash was beating the hell out of Scott Hall and mocking him for being a drunk. <clears throat> and how about a double? And you punch him in the face. That's crazy. <laughs> Halloween Havoc '98, man, it. and people crowd was cheered it. They're like, yeah. They they did. They didn't have. Then Nash didn't even win the match. He just left him laying in the ring and got counted out. And said, "I proved my point." <laughs> Technically, you lost to a guy who was drunk. Apparently, like that would happen. <laughs> wow. So that's you know what, that was you, it. You know what I noticed about this? There was no dangling curl from uh, Scott Hall's hair. Oh, yeah. no S curl. No, that was drunk too. That should have been the uh, <laughs> the telltale sign of what would happen later on. <laughs> yeah, I have no oh, yeah, clue that, why. That was but, the that was a foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, by the way, <laughs> I saw this sign a couple times tonight. But after his promo, the camera pans to the crowd, and there's a guy holding up a sign that says "Shut up and wrestle." <laughs> huh. 
I mean, facts. Yeah. Hey. Facts. We didn't need WCW was doing like way more promos like this because they had another hour to kill like every week. So uh, they were getting in the promo business apparently at this time. But this is a pay-per-view though. Like I know. I know. This isn't TV. Like we did not need that promo. Nope. So make one of the matches longer. Not Norman Smiley versus Prince Ikea though. Not that match. <laughs> or this next match. But <laughs> uh, right after Ernest another Cat video package. Goldberg and Nash. Right, yeah, like, another Goldberg. Big, right, just in case Kevin Nash and Goldberg are fighting tonight. Just in, did you forget? <laughs> did, did you forget? <laughs> well, we're here to remind you. Also, Bam Bam Bigelow is out here somewhere too. Uh-huh. He was a guy. You 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 you're still waiting for it? We are too. <laughs> <sighs> but next match. Again, Starcade, biggest show of the year. What match do we got next? Ernest the Cat Miller. And Perry Saturn. <laughs> oh I thought WCW God. is where the big boys play. Emphasis on the verb, on, on, on the, adjective. the adjective. Play. <laughs> play. Yeah. I'm so glad they took that part out. <laughs> like, they, take, they took that out now. You don't see that, the, the adjective part. Because I was like, even back then, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I know what an adjective is, and, that, and it's not play. Oh, dude! It took Ernest Miller a minute and thirty seconds to get to the ring. By the way, I timed that. Look, this match is largely stupid, but <laughs> Ernest Miller is the entertainment he I needed is, though for for this match. He is so damn funny. <laughs> like, you can see him when why. he was arguing with the fans. He was like smiling because he's probably like cracking <laughs> up. He's trying not to laugh. Ernest the Cat Miller is the type of guy you would love to hang out with at the barbecue. Because <laughs> he's just talking trash and drinking and having a good time. He was funny as hell. And he was a legitimate karate champion. So don't, like, ain't like mm-hmm. Ernest the Cat Miller was somebody to be played with. He was not. Mm-hmm. But he was hilarious. Like, I, I see why he got into wrestling because he was such a showman. And it didn't <laughs> really work out. You know, he didn't really become a big star. But I remember Ernest the Cat Miller because he was hysterical. And mm-hmm. there aren't too many people... Walking around wrestling right now, there's like him that could just talk and talk and get, and play that type of heel. It was I thought he was hilarious. What wasn't great though, what was actually <laughs> trifling. All right, what was trifling in my opinion was Sonny Ono's suit. That thing was horrible. He had the suit that looked like butternut squash. Damn. Okay. I don't know what color. I think it looked like butternut squash. Butternut squash soup. It's great, but it doesn't look good on the suit. Okay. But underneath the suit, the shirt, he had like that one of those black, silky shirts that I wrote down here. He had like a black, silky shirt that everyone's black uncle or grandfather wore in the late 1990s slash early 2000s. Like those see-through kind of like silky shirts and whatever, like like a little little pattern on, on it, something like that. It was, it was awful. It was awful. And what the hell Sonny Promo was doing? <laughs> Sonny Ono was doing with this suit. I, I did not uh, I did not notice this. So. Well, I noticed as soon as he came out. I was like, this is trash. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe just on purpose. Maybe he's a heel, so he's got to wear ugly suits, and that's what gets him heat. But he got heat with me that night. So <laughs> the suit got him heat. <laughs> you know who got heat with me? Who Mickey Mickey J. Terrible referee. Ah, oh, leave Mickey J. Alone, dude. Who are these referees should should have should have disqualified Perry Saturn when Sonny Ono kicked Ernest Miller, and he didn't. So 
that you know full well that's not what was going to happen. Mickey J's a son of a. Uh, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick has got this. You, you you haven't been here for this, Brian. Nick has got this little thing where he's got it out for referees, and any little teeny mistake a referee makes, he just disgraces him when did immediately. This start? I mean, out of nowhere. I wouldn't call nowhere, that a teeny mistake, though. You know, I'm just gonna let. He literally saw <laughs> somebody kick mistake. Curtis Miller. <laughs> yeah, his own person. That's why he didn't get disqualified. His but own homie. He did it by accident. Stole a DQ. Who's going to kick Perry Saturn? And Perry Saturn moves out the way. Exactly. So. Ring the bell. Okay. Mickey J well, was also the referee in the main event. Absolutely disgraceful. I miss you guys, man. You guys go back <laughs> and forth about absolutely nothing. That's hilarious. <laughs> the dumbest stuff. <laughs> By the way, now uh, AEW is on the air. We have the whole roster on the stage. I believe they're doing a 10 bell salute. So. Well deserved 10 bell salute. Um, the ca- <laughs> two things I noticed about this match, though, is really funny. For one, the cat. Said for legal purposes, he act, he had to ask Perry Saturn whether he wanted to go with it, go like, go through with the match, because his hands and feet are registered as legal weapons, lethal weapons. <laughs> yeah. So he has to ask him <laughs> before the match if he actually actually wants to do it. I thought that was funny. And then once they like got into it, the cat acted like he's gonna walk away. So he's waving everybody off. Oh, I'm leaving. You know, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. And then he pump fake and ran back to the ring with <laughs> Perry Saturn's back was turned. <laughs> And tried to slide into the ring uh, up to Perry Saturn, but slid just <laughs> short. <of Saturn. laughs> and then looked up at Saturn was like, oh, man. <laughs> that was great. That was the best part of the match. <laughs> I didn't really care about anything else that happened in this match. Uh, Perry Saturn won with a Death Valley driver. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was another long. I think it was a long, like, seven or so minutes. But it's like. Why? This there, match there was does not belong nothing, on Starcade, no, no stipulation, nothing on the line, just a match. This is a slamboree match. <laughs> this is a, this is a sl- super brawl match, or I don't know. Yeah, super brawl, fall brawl. Eh. Hey, Ro- maybe Ro- wild. Yeah, there, there you go. Oh, yeah, something like that. Un- maybe uncensored. I don't know. Like, <laughs> not Starcade. Like, this is not worthy. I'm sorry. And I love you, Ernest Cat Miller. You're my guy. <laughs> but it's just, it just, this, this wasn't it. But moving on, we got something. This is it, though. This is what I'm talking about right here. We're going to get a promo. How about we don't go to the ring? We stand on the stage, maybe, with Gene Oakland. He's there, and he brings out the nature boy, Ric Flair, who cuts. I don't even remember what he said. All I know that he was on 10. He was on one. <laughs> And one of these great, crazed promos he would cut at this point, where he would usually be in the ring, taking off his clothes and uh, knee-dropping <laughs> his slacks. Knee-dropping knee, knee his pleated slacks. Instead, he didn't take off any clothes. He was just crazy. and He was already down in his trunks, I guess. He had his trunks and his robe on, so he couldn't take that off. He might he never... Don't push. Don't tempt Ric Flair with a good time, though. He probably would take off the robe uh, with nothing else under it. He's done that. He's been known to do that in the past. But, um... He didn't this time, um, and it was a crazy promo and got the people excited, so uh, there was that. But then we go to this long, long, drawn-out video package about Eric Bischoff yeah. reinforcing that he is indeed a villain, um, but it was yeah. so long. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we so, got it. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> and I watched some of the Nitros leading up to this event, and 
they it was either the nitro before this or two weeks before but they aired this like right at the very beginning and i remember thinking the same thing i was like what the hell like this is really long and i i didn't time it or anything but it had to be like at least five to six minutes at least it was a movie damn near (laughs) (laughs) and for like a video package in wrestling five minutes is a lot you know we're used to like the two minutes maybe there was a build-up there was a climax there was an epilogue like like damn there was an after credit scene (laughs) it was a lot it was so long but i got to thinking though like (laughs) how uh, eric bischoff was like the first at least on mainstream tv here in the states it's like the first like authoritative villain right and then vince came along like a year or so later and did it to a much i think a much bigger degree with steve austin i think people forget how big of a heel bischoff really was in wcw back in the day he was a big heel yep he was good at it yeah i didn't understand though like why it was like okay roddy piper came out called him a liar and then the nwo comes out and hulk hugs him like i didn't understand like okay why like did they ever explain and maybe i missed it but why <laughs> like did <laughs> he the one that brought the nwo in or is he the one that the nwo came in and then he was like okay like i'll i'll be part of you like i, I don't i don't know maybe after they power bombed him off the stage he was right? like, you know what i want to be on your side now <laughs> right <laughs> and that was in june of that year so yeah it was at least half a year so i think he became that heel in november of 96 because if I think that was before World War Three, uh, when the contract signing. So I'm trying. I'm going through my the timeline here, and I remember like Tony being completely disgusted at Eric Bischoff, and you know I didn't watch the pay per views back then, so I remember being kind of confused because I didn't see that segment of him turning on WCW or whatever. So I was like really confused on that time frame, but uh, it just didn't still like. didn't make sense to me that he joined them. But whatever. I like. I actually liked. The, the Eric Bischoff heel. I like that. The only thing I didn't like is that they were calling him Easy E. I thought that was whack. <laughs> yeah, that's trash. Yeah, there's only one Easy E. It ain't Eric Bischoff. It's Eric <laughs> Hell no. It's funny you mentioned Easy E. I got a lot to say. I'll mention it. I'll probably mention it sooner. I don't know. But I'll, I will mention it at some point. Uh, just kind of the rap influence that wrestling had at this point, specifically WCW. So I'm going to talk about that soon. We're going to see it in the next segment Mm. because for some reason we're backstage and there's Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell and they're just on the hunt for Conan or (laughs) K-Dog, as he was known at this point. And they just bust into his dressing room and just curse him out. They didn't do anything to him. <laughs> like, you ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. And if it wasn't for your homie Lex Luger, I'd be beating your ass right now. And then they were about to leave, and then Lex Luger jumps in wearing a FUBU jersey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wearing one of the FUBU jerseys that I would consider to be in the FUBU jersey Hall of Fame. It was that red baseball jersey. Brian, you might remember this. The red baseball jersey with the black sleeves. Mm-hmm. That one, I think my brother had that when he was younger. That yeah. one was dope. That's it in the Poo Jersey Hall of Fame, uh, along with many 05 jerseys that were the out 05 there. Foot, yeah. You know, so hang, o- hang them up in the rafters. 
But it got me to think, I was like, yo, like FUBU was a black clothing brand that permeated pop culture to the point that Lex Luger was wearing a FUBU jersey in <laughs> WCW. Definitely. There ain't nothing hip or down about Lex Luger, but here he was in 1998 <laughs> rocking a FUBU jersey. Yo, FUBU had a run in the late yeah, 90s, bro. Like, I think, if we look back at it, it was big time. Yeah, it was definitely big time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people people try to make fun of it and make light of it now, but, yo, FUBU no. was popping back then, bro. Like, everybody was wearing FUBU back then. Except Nick, apparently. He said he never had a FUBU shirt. Uh, I mean, it might be around. Man. Somewhere. <laughs> Nick. It's like yeah, everybody had at least a t-shirt they bought from like one of the beauty stores in the neighborhood that just like yep. said fb on it and like <laughs> like you know he's had that and they were fugazi you had to check the oh tag. yeah like yo said yo, Gildan. Like, let me <laughs> let me see let me see your tag bro like this ain't he's like no uh-uh <laughs> the material and you know back then fubu's fubu shirts were real they were real thick so it was yeah. it was a different texture to their shirts, and if your shirt was thin, it wasn't Fubu, bruh. Like, <laughs> let me check that tag, fam. We, we this says jerseys on it. What's this? We do What's Gildan? What what? You, oh, oh, so so Fubu and Hanes they merged. Is that it? <laughs> nah, bruh. <laughs> we don't believe you. You need more people. That's basically what it was. We on you right. now. I got I get my clothes somewhere at the Defer Mall. <laughs> they somewhere, have food at the Defer Mall. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Nick, you missed out on so much. Bro. I did. I did. I was I was in my Fubu little bubble. Was, I was in my little bubble. Fubu was so out here though. Like everybody, people people were wearing like the keychain. I, uh, I remember it. Yeah, especially at school, people were wearing it. Yep. Like it was everywhere, and it was like. Uh, when was the last time a like a black specifically a black brand got that big? Like it was literally called for us by us. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, when was the last time something like that exploded to that extent? I don't, I don't really recall. Like it hasn't happened recently. And everybody loves designer things, but those are mostly like European, you know, luxury brands as they call it. But like, like a solely black brand like that, that just got like I said, Lex Luger. Then like, then like rappers are wearing it. Even though they were, but it ain't like it's just black people. It was Kevin Nash <laughs> and Buff Bagwell. Yeah. You know, I think Big Show had a. We talked about the WrestleMania Rage Party. Big Show had on yeah. the 05 jersey <laughs> at the WrestleMania Rage Party. Like, like come on. it was, like, it was big. These, these, these are yeah. huge, huge white men. <laughs> right. <laughs> not been to not one hood in their life. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's just, right, it did. I think people, more people should talk. I think, I remember they talked about bringing it back a couple years ago, like a, for like a limited collection, like limited run. They did. It was Uh, with, uh, it was with Puma. Ah, okay. You need to to bring FUBU back. Uh, More people should appreciate FUBU. Definitely. And they need to bring it back. They need to relaunch it again with Puma because Puma is popping right now. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, so shout out to FUBU. Uh, I don't have any FUBU in my closet right now, but they bring out an, an, some more, another line of 05 jerseys. I might I might have to cop one. I'm not going to lie. I might have to, might have to grab one. <laughs> Just for the culture, you know what I'm saying? Um, Just for the culture. Don't wear it, though. 
No, 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 not gonna do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Heavens, no. Okay, um, only, only panhandlers wearing Fubu jerseys right now. Don't do it. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's probably true, but uh, I just, I, I probably donated. I'll <laughs> buy it and donate it or something like that. Um, moving on though, I wish I could donate this match to somebody and get it off the show. <laughs> Uh, Brian Adams and Scott Norton versus Jerry <laughs> Hold Flynn. On. Vic Finley and Jerry Flynn. Yeah. Not to be confused with Jerry Lynn. Jerry Flynn, who was rocking a mullet in 1998, mm. which was out of style by 1998. Good Lord. <laughs> what the hell was this doing on Starcade? Uh, what? The biggest show uh, of the year. Uh, I don't know. I kind of just what? Said, okay. <laughs> You couldn't even get Jerry Lynn. You got Jerry Flynn. Jerry Listen, man, that was like <laughs> half of Goldberg's wins at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was Goldberg one seventy three and zero? Yeah. So that's like what eighty of his wins. <laughs> <laughs> All across Jerry the board: Flynn. Nitro, Thunder, Saturday Night, House shows. Uh, oh man. Well, what's half of one seventy? Yeah, it's about. 80 something right yeah a little more than yeah. 80. 85 yeah 85 there you go he's 173 <laughs> though so <laughs> 82 and a half i don't know 82 and a half there we go uh now we get another interview another promo segment with oakland on the stage again fortunately yeah. with eric bischoff okay <sighs> uh he talked trash about flair apologized to him and then said that, you know, the only reason he's wrestling is because he's broke. And all I laughed stuff at that. Just, I got to say, I laughed at that. Because it was probably I mean, true yeah. at that point. But probably was. I was like, damn. Probably like, was. Because he was like, he bought all those limousines. And like, <laughs> he did. He, he did. He's like, he used his own damn money. And I, everything I get, I used the company's money. I was like, damn. Right. Smart. But man. then Oakland followed up with like, Harvey, I hope you heard that. <laughs> and in <laughs> reference to. Harvey yeah. Schiller, who was the president of Turner Sports at that time. <laughs> oh, Gene Oakland, man, trying to stir it up all the time. <laughs> he did. He was stirring it, right? He had the big spoon out. But I remember, and Brian, you might be able to remember this. So the Last Dance documentary, mm-hmm. Jordan was over in Spain for the Olympics in 92, and they had the whole controversy about him wearing Reebok when he was a Nike guy, he talked about yep. Harvey Schiller being the guy that he didn't like because he's trying to make him yep. wear uh, Reebok. And I was like, oh. He, he said, I got something for his ass and put the flag over the jersey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's what he was like. I, 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 like, I put two and two together immediately, but like, I don't think most people even know like that whole thing about Harvey, like Har- who Harvey Schiller is and how... Crucial, he was not only crucial, but he was a big deal in wrestling because he ran Turner Sports and they had. Yeah, he had made an appearance on Nitro a year prior to this. Yeah, he was on Nitro. Uh, He suspended Eric Bischoff in like early 97, and that was what I remember him from. So every time I hear that name, I'm like, oh, like he's he's like Eric Bischoff's boss. But I I don't know why he didn't (laughs) come come around more because it's like, hey, Bischoff's throwing his weight around. What the hell? But yeah, I I definitely. They introduced him. He was on Nitro. Like his face was seen, and I re- that's what I remember. Like from all the way through, 
uh, from that point forward. So whenever they mentioned Harvey or Harvey Schiller, that's that's I, at least I knew who it was. I could put a face to it. Man, Michael Jordan didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Called him a you know, called him a nasty word, nasty name on the documentary. He did. But I remember hearing that, like I said, for the first time, I was like, oh, you're talking about the guy who used to run WCW. (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling fans know him for something totally different. But here is Michael Jordan trashing this man's name back in 92 (laughs) during the Dream Team. I got something for him. Speaking of of Reebok, I I know you saw uh, Master P and Baron Davis trying to buy it. I did not see that, but let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, right? Yeah, I'll buy a pair of Reeboks of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hope they do make Master P and Baron Davis. B Diddy. Well, I was like Baron Davis. But that's how much we cared about that Scott Norton match. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> uh, rather we talk about Harvey about Schiller. Stuff. <laughs> right, Harvey Schiller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, though, we got the WCW World Television Championship. Conan, K Dog. Defending against Chris Jericho, who was actually in possession of the title, but wasn't (laughs) officially recognized as the champion. And Chris Jericho, we got to talk about Chris Jericho for a second. Because we recorded this show last week. And we get off the air, and AEW's on and whatnot. And apparently, before (laughs) AEW aired last week, there's an NBA game on. (sighs) And so NBA is a great lead-in for AEW. In AEW, smart of them, put their most recognizable face in the ring as the first thing that people see once they stop watching that game. I think it was Bucks Celtics. I can't remember exactly who was playing. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, they made fun of Chris Jericho relentlessly <laughs> because Jericho, last time so many people saw Jericho, he looked like what he did in this show back in 1998. Yep. But he doesn't look like that, quite like that anymore. <laughs> no, he looks like um, Chris Farley. He looks now. like two Chris Jerichos now. Damn. Chris Farley, two Chris Jerichos, Ralphus. I mean, you you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, but it just got me to, and I tweeted, it's like, people need to understand, like, we, and Chris Jericho, look, he is a legend. I'm not going to sit here and, and disparage the man's legacy and his talent as far as pro wrestling, but like, we idolize these guys. It's like they're the epitome of cool. <laughs> like, and I've been saying that for weeks and months in this podcast. Wrestling as we know it as in 2020 ain't cool. It ain't hip. Because all those NBA fans cross Chris Jericho. It's like, why is Brett Michaels on my television right now? <laughs> like, why is this old rock and roll guy on my TV? It's like, bruh, I've been telling y'all this rock and roll stuff ain't, ain't in now. <laughs> we need more rap and hip hop and wrestling. And looking like the old rocker guy who's past his prime. And I'm not saying Jericho is necessarily past his prime. But he looks like a guy that's past his prime. He looks like a guy who's like the old rocker guy. Like a Vince Neal from Motley Crue. Who's still hanging on to the glory days of the 80s. And still out here partying it up. And drinking like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, he looks crazy. Right. So I'm not here to body shame. I'm I'm not saying his weight. I'm just saying his aesthetic isn't cool. With the whole rocker gimmick. But that's who he is. I ain't gonna knock Jericho, but NBA fans, man, they were relentless on this <laughs> man. No, I, no, I seen it. Like I, I was like, yo, man. All jokes aside, 
Chris Jericho look bad. <laughs> Don't look great, man. Because <laughs> like, like, some of these people haven't seen him since 2000. Exactly. Well, you could have great wrestling promos, but it's not going to translate to like the casual viewer if they. You know, I don't even know if he did a promo before the match. They just, you know, they were roasting him, him while he was wrestling. So, it's and like, it's the same thing that the reason why they shouldn't either AEW or WWE shouldn't always have to bring back. And Jericho's different because he's like a full time performer. But like when WWE brings out the Undertaker, or Goldberg, and it's like, or Triple H even Shawn Michaels, and you're hoping to get back these lapsed fans who haven't watched in a while. But first thing they're gonna say. When they see these guys in 2020 or 2019 or whatever, is yo they still wrestling? Yo, how old is he? <laughs> like he's still out here? Let me Wikipedia how old he is. Like that's not good. <laughs> like the nostalgia runs out at a certain point. People just because we're not if you're a, if you're a casual observer or you're strictly an NBA fan, you're not used to seeing people compete at a, at the highest level of their industry into their 40s and 50s. Basketball players are retired by the time they're 40. Same for every, pretty much every other sport, right? There are some quarterbacks in the NFL who are playing into their 40s, Tom Brady being one of them, um, and kickers, maybe two. But for the most part, those guys are done. So you don't really see them get out of shape or look older. And then you see it in wrestling. It's like, man, Undertaker's hairline is receding really bad. Triple H, what happened to all his hair? What happened to Shawn Michaels' hair? Jericho, he put on some weight, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, damn, these guys are all over 50. It's like, what the hell? Like, what has happened in wrestling? Meanwhile, WWE, I think, did the smart thing with their lead-in because they had the lead-in of an NFL game on Friday. They had, I think it was Saints-Vikings yep. on Friday on Christmas Day. And they put in the ring on their first segment of the show, cage match, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah. And lo and behold, biggest rating of, like, the year for SmackDown. <laughs> Because the first thing people saw was Roman Reigns. And the woman was like, Christmas. who is he? <laughs> who is that man? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to see more of him. And three million people watched the show. So Hell of a show. WWE went with the current, the current stars. AEW, smartly, I don't blame them for what they did, went with Jericho, who's their biggest name. But that's also the problem. Because your biggest name in wrestling is a guy that most people haven't seen in 20 years. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if they expected you know, a different outcome. From oh yeah, they did. Those fans, but uh, I'm sure they did. I mean, they could have. They would have done it. They, 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 they clearly know Jericho looks different, uh, so they could have just been like, "Yeah, people are gonna make fun of him, but he's, you know, he's oh, the recognizable man. face, so we're gonna do it anyway." And knowing the criticism, and that wrestling coming, bubble, man, it doesn't matter. He's no. still the coolest. <laughs> yeah, in the wrestling bubble, he's still the legendary Chris Jericho that people bow down to. You see it in his yeah, mentions all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's, 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 when anybody outside of wrestling look at him, and be like, "Yo, yeah." And like somebody said on Twitter, like, "Is Brett Michaels Chris Jericho's gimmick now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? And then yeah. I, I'm like, I, I hate to feel like I'm, I'm clowning on somebody. I'm not, I don't really mean to clown. It's just no. I think like, that's I think what people are going to think. I mean, we've talked about the wrestling bubble on this podcast for a while now. And I think it's just shedding light to it. Like, you know, we're not just saying it. And you're 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 the one that I think coined the term wrestling bubble on this podcast and uh, saying that. Listen, and this was like a year or two ago before we really. I've seen it on social media more now than I did, you know, back then. But talking about this and how, you know, 
just the casual fan. Like AEW wants casual fans. They should strive to get casual fans to tune in. And then when you finally get them to, you know, they're they're trashing you because Chris Jericho is on there looking like he does. You know, I I mean, I I don't I I'm not sure they. I I would like to think they're smart enough to know that they would have gotten that reaction because they know Jericho is not what he was physically but uh at the same time uh do maybe at the same maybe at the same time they're just kind of like damn <laughs> you know they just take a step back and they're like damn i don't think they knew i think if they thought that was going to happen they wouldn't have done it but then again, like, I don't he's know. our biggest name who do you he's put the most on? recognizable face put him out there that's the guy that they should see that, again it's good logic I, I i i i think it was a good idea it's just that that's where we are in the wrestling business that they're that the guy that they felt like would draw the most viewers in was Chris Jericho. It should be let's put Kenny Omega out there. First thing you see, and he's our champion. He is our guy. Let's see what happens. So like, you know, it should be Kenny Omega is a guy that can get people to tune in. Instead, they like we got to put our faith in Chris Jericho. Right. So mm. should have to come to that. But I, like again. I don't disagree with their decision. You know, it, it turned out bad, but uh, I think it was a good decision to do. But back to Starcade 1998. Uh, they mentioned Jericho and his entrance, obviously. They built him from, Winni- from Calgary and not Winnipeg, which I was like, huh. But I forgot that he trained in Calgary at the Heart Dungeon. So I guess he was still from Calgary at that point, but he's from Winnipeg, actually. Um, but this is where I th- went in deep, or I thought about it at least about how much rap culture became mainstream in the 1990s, specifically in the late 90s. Look no further than Conan. <laughs> when you see him with the, the, the flannel and the pants kind of hanging off of him. And look at, you know, who else? Who came out to the ring with a bandana around the head or something like that? Some, somebody did at some Perry point. Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn, right? The red bandana. Yeah. Kevin Nash will come out wearing, yeah. uh, you know, the... Looking like a thug, pretty much. He wear bandanas, <laughs> and they throw up pretty much gang signs, like the Wolfpack sign and the you know the Wolfpack W and whatnot. They was throwing up gang it's like, signs, right? It's like they saw the East Coast West Coast beef between Biggie and Tupac, and saw how rap was pretty much taken over. Kevin Ash was smart enough to be like, "Yo, this is the hip cool thing. This is the late '90s, all <laughs> right? We're not even talking about 2020. I'm still like, yo, they need to have more of a hip hop influence in wrestling." Kevin Nash was like, yo, this is what the kids are doing right now. Let's hop on that wave. And it, that's how you get Co- Lex Luger wearing a, a, a FUBU jersey. <laughs> and you get K-Dog instead of Conan or Perry Saturn with the bandana or Kevin Nash with the bandana. Scott Hall with the bandanas tied around the head and stuff like that. So, you know, if you think what I'm talking about now is like hip-hop didn't just take over. Like, it's been taken over mainstream yeah. culture in the like said, the late 90s and uh so wrestling today y'all need to catch up y'all like 20 years behind honestly mm-hmm. so That's facts. so as far as the match it was a good match uh between conan and chris jericho and conan won so i don't <laughs> I, I didn't have anything else to say about this match besides that uh oh <laughs> this is gonna surprise you guys Billy Silverman, the referee, absolute doofus. He uh, he gets knocked out, and then he does you know the the little count, 
And then he's not even looking at uh, the shoulders and uh, stops his count with his own hand. Uh, I absolutely hate Billy Silverman. I think he's a terrible referee, terrible person in real life, actually. So uh, I had that noted. And did you notice a uh, certain woman in the crowd after uh, Conan's promo? Or after Jericho's no. promo, I should say, before Conan nope. comes out? Stacy Keebler's in the audience wearing an NWO yeah. Wolfpack shirt. Yeah. Oh, I did not notice that. Was so, she like on camera or like did yeah, they specifically yeah. pan she's, to her? She's in the, in the, I mean, they, I don't think they specifically pan to her, but she was, I think they actually, yes, I think they specifically pan to her because she had the NWO Wolfpack shirt on and she was started dancing. Was, but, uh, I mean, Hancock, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. And, uh, I remember looking online just to, you know, try and confirm it was her. I didn't see anything from her saying like, yeah, she was at the show, but, uh, everyone else says it's her. I mean, it looks like her and they're like, Hey, here's Stacy Keebler at Starcade 98. I also believe she was at WCW shows cause she's from Maryland and she was around like this was in DC. So, uh, you know, I think she was, she had been to WCW shows, uh, uh based on my, <laughs> scientific research on the internet so uh but yes they see keebler in the audience wearing the wolfpack shirt on she was like yeah favorite okay. Diva. okay she was she was baddie back in the day even george oh, clooney was like damn yeah gotta get her gotta get her right <laughs> you know george clooney out here the man out here in these streets and he, he was like damn yep. <laughs> she's a, she a bad one so yeah shout out stacy keebler where like you said back in the day miss hancock which is like okay WCW with your names. <laughs> Thought they were clever, huh? Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 1995 with, with, WWF name. Spice Channel. Nah, it's a Spice Channel name. <laughs> 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 like, all right, we get it. You you guys are funny, haha. <laughs> um. Now we move on to a, a, a the internet show with Lee Marshall, and he's interviewing the Giants. And he talked about how DDP took the choke slam, and he was, you know, he was fine after the choke slam, and the giant got mad at Lee Marshall. He's like, you talking trap about my choke slam, huh? You don't think it was good? You don't think it was strong enough? And I wrote down that Lee Marshall should have said that the choke slam was great, and and then maybe Giant wouldn't have been mad anymore. Get it? Uh, Tony the Tiger joke. Yeah, we got it. That didn't land at all. I apologize <laughs> to, the, to the listeners out there. Don't worry, I'll edit that out. I laughed I wrote it down. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I first wrote it down. <laughs> so that's that's the the filter I have when it comes to jokes. <laughs> Ooh, I think this is funny. I'm saying. I'm saying. Hey, that's what I do too. There you go. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. And this time it did not. <laughs> this is one of those times it did not work. But moving on from that, we got one of the big main events of the evening. They've been talking about it all damn show. <laughs> Every time I turn around, they finding a way to mention Flair and Bischoff. But now it's finally here. Second year in a row, Eric Bischoff has a match at Starcade against a living legend. The year before, it was Larry Sabisco. This time, he moved up the legend chain, the legend <laughs> food chain. He got the nature boy, Rick Flair, who got Ooh, all whoa. the fireworks. Oh, yeah. He got all the fireworks for his entrance. And there's all the pomp and pageantry, but I wrote that, you know, Flair was beating up Bischoff for a while, but as soon as Bischoff took over, Flair just immediately started bleeding. <laughs> like, yeah. like, immediately. It's Come like, on. big match? Starcade? I gotta bleed. It's like, he didn't have to. Like, there wasn't, 
It wasn't necessary for this match, but he did. Because he's Ric Flair. Damn it. <laughs> Starcade. He's getting color. <laughs> he was probably like the only way Bischoff gets uh, credible in this match is if I bleed. So <laughs> he made himself bleed. Maybe. That's a good point. He had to he had to hit his he hit his head on the on the um the guardrail and yeah. That makes sense. But again, we talked about it at Star K ninety seven. Bischoff was a legitimate martial artist too. Like yeah. he can beat somebody up. Like so it's not like outside of the realm of possibility ability that Eric Bischoff could kick somebody in the face and it would hurt them. <laughs> like because <laughs> yeah, and he that, was capable of that. Didn't look in uh, as good a shape this year though, at this show that he did in ninety seven though. I don't know. Maybe no. he stopped uh, working out for a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but this match, again, was like... You mentioned like that the Norma Smiley match was like the third longest match on the show. This match yeah. wasn't very long. There wasn't really a whole lot to it until Kurt Hennig got there <laughs> and handed Bischoff the four and out of deck. Bischoff hit Flair with it and beat Ric Flair. Eric Bischoff Mm-mm. beat Ric Flair at Starcade. How many people can say that? One, two, three. Like, Dusty Rhodes can say that, but I think they, they might have even reverse that decision at Starcade 85. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know how many know. people can say that they beat Ric Flair at Starcade. Eric Bischoff can. So that's a feather in his cap. So, do you have anything else from this match, Nick? Or uh, anything you want to add, Brian? Anything? Apparently, it was uh, Kurt Hedding had been gone for a while. I, I remember watching this live. I don't even remember uh, that he was out for a while because. At this point, I was already tired of Kurt Henning and WCW. I was like, uh, I think they've exhausted everything I care about him for. So when he, he was tired, like, when he was like NWO, black and were white. Were you tired of his big suits, <laughs> big ninety suits? Uh, big I mean, blue ninety suits. I, I thought they were great, actually. I might actually <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he came back, and it was supposed to be like, I guess, a big return, and they were like. Oh, yeah, Kurt Henning and Ric Flair hit each other, but it fell flat for me. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that the next night they had another match and Kurt Henning, uh, Ric Flair went over, but uh, in his infamous promo, stripping down to his boxers and everything. But uh, this specific <laughs> match, I was not a fan of. And uh, it, Like I said, Bischoff was like moving around worse than he was in 97 when he had the knee injury. I just felt like he was not as good in this match that he was prior that's all did they have a ref bump in this match yeah they did <laughs> freaking Charles that's three matches the, the hilarious that's two matches in a row yeah like and it's always set up so poorly you know Ric Flair cocks bat his elbow back to, when he's gonna punch Bischoff and knocks Charles Robinson out it's like come on dude whatever <laughs> but then like Henny comes in to give why doesn't he just hit Flair himself because the ref's out. <laughs> I don't know. But like, why would he hand it to Bishop? <laughs> yeah, it, it took forever. And then Flair's trying to, you know, get the referee up, and he's completely hiding his face. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so fake. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, was, it just looked poor. You know, I wasn't so a fan this, of it. It was the second, or I think, this, was it the second match in the round? No, the, the ref took a bump in the... A ref took a bump earlier in this show. Yeah, it was... So uh, sec- at least the second match of the night that the ref took a bump. <laughs> And we're going to get one in the next two matches as well. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, the next three matches, the last three matches on the, on the show, all had the referees taking a bump. So, something had to happen. Some shenanigans had to happen in pretty much every big match in WCW at this point. Some type of interference, 
some type of, like I said, referee discrepancy. It couldn't just be a one, two, three finish, and that's how you tell the story. It's something every well, match. You know what's crazy, though? I don't think there was a ref bump in the main event. I'm pretty sure there was. I thought there was. I I, I wrote this down. We'll, we'll we'll get to it. You we'll might there, you might be right about that. I felt like I thought there was. That's how. I mean, there was definitely interference. Scott Hall gets the, the the cattle prod going, but yeah, I'll I'll we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe maybe I'm tripping. Either way, uh, there was a couple of ref bumps in the show, and out it got redundant for me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I got over it. Um, <laughs> I was over it, I should say. Uh, but moving on, we got got the semi main event, DDP Diamond Dallas Page going against the Giants. Now, was Bret Hart injured at this point? I saw that he had the knee brace on. Yeah. He wasn't I, on the show. This felt like Bret Hart should have been in this match, but I guess he couldn't yeah. because he was hurt. So, so him and DDP, like, tossed back and forth the U.S. title for a couple times. And I do think he had a legit, like, groin injury. And the way, like, he wasn't exactly wrestling normally at this point, but, like, the Nitros and Thunders, you know, around this time, uh, I think he was. I think it was a legit injury. Honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I guess they wanted to keep him involved in the stories and everything like that. And the giant was still NWO Hollywood at this point, so it was, it was like a. But Bret Hart was never NWO Hollywood. He was just like a friend of it. It's so stupid. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hated this era of Bret Hart. I absolutely hated it because it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Because um, he got involved later on, like he got involved at the end of the match. Like, if just there was no title on the line, why didn't he just give the title back to DVP and have him defend it? At least you have a U.S. title match on Starcade, but whatever. Stupid. Yeah, the match itself was good. I mean, yeah, I mean, DVP second was always longest, super over. Second longest of the night. Uh, the opener was the longest, by the way. Mm, so that's nice. Well, uh, that that was worthy. That was worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. They knew what they were doing with that. Like the first match had to be the longest because it was the best quality by yeah, far. Absolutely. Right. But you know, DDP is always really over with the fans, so that always helps. It came through the audience. <laughs> right, he's a people's champ. So it came through the people. Um, we got a ref bump. Uh we got oh, they started off the match by spitting on each other. Which is like, oh. bro, why was that the thing to do in in the late nineties? That's disgusting. Like, no babyface should ever spit on somebody. No. And no heel should ever do it because it's disgusting. Like, let's not do that. <laughs> but they were just, puh, puh, here, ha, ha, gotcha. And it's like, that's disgusting. Stop it, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's automatic ass whooping in the streets. So. Yeah. And no one would be upset. No one would, you know, say otherwise. Like, yep, he deserved and that, it. <laughs> and that's best case scenario. Yeah. yeah. The least you get is a slap in the face. That's the least you get. Um, but yeah, Bret Hart comes out with the chair, like you said, Nick. Tries to hit DDP, hit the giant by mistake. Eventually, DDP hit the diamond that cutter from the top of a rope. Shot. Hell of a chair yeah. shot. It was, and and so was this D, this diamond yeah. cutter from the top rope. That was a hell of a yeah. move. And DDP won. There's that new so, variation we were talking about. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Mike? Today, shut up. You didn't see the old. You didn't. You didn't see the variation to begin with. <laughs> And even Tanay, uh, not Sh- Tanay, Shivani was like, I don't know if that's a variation. I think he just kind of <laughs> shifted in midair. <laughs> he literally said, shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was, that was it. Great. Just relax, buddy. He won. So 
Well, did you notice kind of in the beginning of the match that random garbage can in the front row? No. What are you talking about? This is like in the beginning. He D- DDP was like thrown into the crowd or something, and there was a random trash can there, like right by the guardrail, and the giant went to punch him, but DDP held the trash can up, so he punched the trash can, and then he hit him with the trash can. It was literally planted there just for that that segment or uh, sequence. That's that's and then it went away. Like hilarious, so bad, so bad, <laughs> just stupid. Yeah, this show just lacked. <laughs> Even I mean, at it. least it's Tony lacking. mentioned it. He's like, I don't know why there's a trash can there, fans, but you know, at <laughs> least he mentioned it. But still, it's like, are you serious? It's so stupid. It's just like this was a good match, but it's just like I said, this show just lacked that juice, that energy. Like yeah. the, the year yeah. before, the matches were good the year before, but you could tell there was you felt the energy because you knew what was coming. At, from right, the exactly. And that was Sting and Hulk Hogan, so that helped everything else. That elevated everything else. With Goldberg and Nash, they tried to manufacture that same juice. It just wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> like the energy <laughs> in the building wasn't really there. It just felt didn't. It just no. It just wasn't clicking. And. It, no surprise that WSW kind of started going downhill after this because it's just like this mm-hmm. something ain't clicking. I know they went went to Vince Russo uh, at the next year, but <laughs> it happened. It happened, but uh, it's just yeah, it's just something missing, man. And it, 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 you got Prince Iakea and, and, and Ernest Cat Miller on Starcade. <laughs> like, what the hell? Where's where is everybody? <laughs> what happened? Why isn't Luger wrestling? Yeah, Sting was uh, injured at this point. So right, Luger's there. Yeah, he's not wrestling. He's not Buff wrestling. Bagwell's there. He's not wrestling. No Scott Steiner was there. No not wrestling. No Luger. Right. No if all these guys Booker are there backstage and healthy, why aren't they on the card? Like, why, why is Scott Steiner were, not on the card? That's why they were complaining. That's why they all eventually rolled out when they had the chance because like, they kept certain people at the top, and then you was putting BS matches together. Nobody knew what was going on until, like, 10 minutes before airtime. So it was a lot of stupid stuff going on at WCW. And that's why people rolled. That's why people got mad. And that's why eventually it folded. Yeah. yeah we, all the signs were there. You can yeah. see them on this night. Yeah. Like, it's just talented people. Just, like, not even talented people. It's just big stars that you would think, like, that you would think elevate the show. Like, not Jerry Flynn. And yeah. not Scott Norton, not but Norman Lex Simon. Luger, right? And Scott Steiner and Scott Hall. Honestly, I Sting and Bret Hart were hurt, but no Dean Malenko. Mm. No, oh. we got an impromptu Eddie Guerrero match. He wasn't even advertised. Well, I don't think Benoit and Malenko were hurt, by the way, because I'm saying, like where, I said, where are these guys? I was watching these nitros, and they were they were there. Um, Pretty sure they were wrestling. If not, they were in segments. So this was a this was a two match show for me. I was all about Flair and Bischoff, and all about Nash and Goldberg. Uh, Giant DDP didn't do anything for me, and clearly nothing else did. (laughs) But not even the cruiserweights, really. But it's not like Armageddon 2000 we talked about a couple weeks ago, where that was pretty much a one match show. But that one match over delivered. Where the two matches on this show did not, I don't know if they delivered, let alone over delivered. You know, like, I'm not sure if they, either one of them hit the mark that they mm-hmm. should have hit. 
yep. for uh, an event of this magnitude. So, moving on, though, we got the main event. <laughs> Finally. The biggest match of the evening that they also talked about all night long. What? We got the World Heavyweight Championship, the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship, Goldberg. The reigning, defending, and undefeated 173-0 World Heavyweight Champion defending against Kevin Nash. No DQ. No DQ, as they announced during the show. We got the insane <laughs> During the show. During the show. <laughs> just out of nowhere. And we also have, mm. once again, the obscenely ex- expensive Michael Buffer doing the ring announcing. <laughs> Another, you look at him and said, like, oh, that's why they went out of business. They spent all their money on Michael Buffer every, for every two months. He was at a show doing a ring announcing for the main event. Um, good for him. He secured many bags along the way. And he can still, he can still do it. I'm sure, yeah. Brian, you saw Tyson and Roy Jones. Um, sure and did. Michael Buffer was he there. The bag there too. And yep. he can still get it done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know you did. At least, at least six figures. I know he ain't stepping on the porch for no less than six figures. I know Jimmy Lennon Jr. is like, man, when is this guy going to quit? Like, I've been second in line. <laughs> right. I've been second in line for 30 years. Like, when is this guy he, going to stop? He's done, he's done a lot of Floyd fights, though, that guy. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Lennon I, Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's done a lot of Floyd. I know exactly what you're talking about because he's done a lot of Floyd fights. So he's he's got his time to shine, but he, he, he ain't done Michael Buffer. Oh yeah, he he's got his own lane and he's he's getting this bag, but I know he's like, yo, I need to be the guy. I was never the <laughs> right. guy. I was always second. <laughs> right. Nobody cared about my ring announcing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. I didn't. I couldn't trademark a, a, a catchphrase from it. He or did. Get video games. Uh, he or, didn't get or, a video game, but he does have a trademark no. catchphrase. It's. Showtime. Time. Yeah, he's yeah. You're right. Yeah, he is Showtime's <laughs> ring announcer. That's right. It's Showtime. Then you got Bruce Buffer, who's just it's time. Like it's time. It's time. So, <laughs> fighting. <laughs> he does it. Fighting out of the red corner. <laughs> and he says it twice too. Like fighting out of the red corner. Fighting out of what you're talking. <laughs> Like yo, chill out, man. What didn't he break his leg one time announcing? Didn't he do that? What like, he he jumped I... up and like towards Achilles or something? Wow. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised did. if that happened. That's wild. It's just yeah. jumping up in the ring and tearing something. You get older, man. You can't be doing all that high impact movements. <laughs> like you need to chill out. Yeah. So you tear something up. Then Vince tears quad. Try and get in the ring oh, one my time. God. <laughs> Yeah, both of them. <laughs> both of them. Each, yeah. Each one both is <laughs> 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 trying to get into the ring, and he just sat in the ring, looking upset. Like they didn't even sell the fact that he tore his quads. Like I'll be crying on the ground. Like I mean, my my quads, they're gone. Was, like I'll be he, done. He, he was still delegating. <laughs> right, like, hey, he was hey. sitting in the ring. With his with his, his arms crossed, and they looking at him like, "What the hell is wrong with him? Why is he sitting down?" Tore <laughs> both of them. Damn, I know it was both them things. Was Damn, both of them. It was so wild. <laughs> He's just sitting in the ring looking like a goof. <laughs> so goofy, Vince McMahon. What a goof. Nah, that's the, the goof, biggest. Man. Don't do that. He's the richest goofball of all time, bro. He's <laughs> such a goof. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
most paid goof of all time. You're listening to The Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone, giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at shootersradio.com. I wouldn't say this I said about Goldberg, though. He, he, he was dope back in the day. Um, and he makes his entrance, but along the way of his very intense and, you know, security guard, share-filled entrance, he makes time to stop and sign an autograph for a little kid oh who I'm sure was planted God. there to make Bill Goldberg like the ultimate good guy. Isn't that sweet? So stupid. <laughs> he didn't do it with his character all, all up until now, and you're going to do it now? That's so stupid. I and fr- Bobby Heenan killed me. How about that? What a moment. Like, shut up, man. Get out of here with that uh, lame. Get out of here with that he, lame he crap. He was great up until that point, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. He lost me. He, he lost no me more. there. Nope. Lost me there. Look, it was kind of weird. And out of place. Like I said, and this never happened before. And this is supposed to be like, he's supposed to be like super intense. He's banging his head on the wall before he leaves out <laughs> on a door, I should say. And he's like snorting and spitting everywhere. And he's like, oh. Kid, sign. Rawr, I'm back on the prowl again. Like, now, this, is, <laughs> this is definitely Bischoff's way of being like, see, we're family-friendly entertainment. We're not those guys that are using sex to sell. Uh, I guess, so stupid, man. man. And then he, we, we use a stun gun to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's family-friendly entertainment, and then we electrocute people. <laughs> ha! Take that. <laughs> couple thousand volts for you now by the way i never <laughs> looked this up if he had any comment on it but was, was he selling after that or was like he legit like going in was his arm <laughs> like like, i hope he's selling i hope they didn't legit electrocute ca- this man and he couldn't stand up after but, that but this is the thing that um he the movements were so looked so involuntary i was like damn that's a pretty good sell job <laughs> if he is selling but he kicked out it too so i don't get it I don't know. His, his involuntary, you know, movement caused his shoulder to come up ever so slightly from the mat. That's why Mickey J is a terrible referee. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> so here's the thing. We know what happens in the match, right? <laughs> they have a match. <laughs> Disco Inferno it, comes out. <laughs> Disco Inferno comes out. So does Bam Bam Bigelow. I totally forgot about Disco, by the way. Totally forgot about it. Which is like, why is this happening in the main event of your biggest show? Of the year. Why is Disco Inferno anywhere near this? <laughs> what? So everything that all happens, you know, everything else. And the Scott Hall comes out just as, as a security guard. Cattle prize Goldberg. Goldberg goes down. Nash hits a jackknife. He wins the match. Hands Goldberg his first loss. He's now 173 and 1. People were going crazy in the arena. Yeah. 
because the Wolfpack was over. So we forget that the Wolfpack were like the good guys, even though they, they're still NWO. Very weird time in WCW at this point. <laughs> but so the people in the building were all about it. People at home, including your friend Brian, not so much <laughs> because <laughs> it's not only that they ended the streak. Which I guess it had to end at some point, and where else would you end it besides Starcade? That's the place it should have ended. But it happened to, like, in a weird way with the Cattle Prod and Disco Inferno, and then it happened with Kevin Nash. It's like, could there have been, like, was he the right guy? Booking so, himself to win. <laughs> right, booking himself as the world champ. So, before I get into these, I got a bunch of questions about this that I wanted to ask y'all. I'll pose y'all some scenarios, but... Apparently, according to Kevin Nash, I've heard him say this before, him beating Goldberg, it had to happen. Like, Well, not him necessarily, but Goldberg had to lose at some point mm-hmm. so they can build up a big heel. He called it like a heel machine for Goldberg to conquer eventually. So they beat him at Starcade, then they did the finger poke of doom at some point, right? Which got the belt back on Hogan. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then, not long after that, Goldberg puts his arm through a window and hurt himself. <laughs> yeah. When he wasn't supposed to do that, he was he was supposed to just hit it or something like that, and he put his arm all the way through it and, like, lacerated some stuff he in his arm. Like he was, like, holding a bad. steel pipe, but apparently the pipe fell or got dislodged, yeah, so just he just said, started doing it with it. his own. Yeah. Right. I'm doing my arm and slice all of my arteries up, so... <laughs> he almost lost his arm or something like that. It was yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. So, there goes that. But would that have? Let's say he didn't slice his arm up. Would that was would Nash be justified if they eventually did build up the heel machine again for Goldberg to conquer it? Yes. (laughs) What say you, Brian? I think. uh, Go ahead, Nick. Just want to say yes because I I don't know if I buy it. But if that were to happen, I think it would have been done uh, well enough. And I, maybe at that point, WWF was just too good, and nothing WCW would have done would have been uh, close to it. But I think uh, that could have been the best thing that they could have offered to fans of having that storyline run and Goldberg uh, just running roughshod through a new NWO, a uh, stronger NWO that, by the way, did have the stronger names attached to it right away. You know, they had Scott Snyder, Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hogan. Like, you know, they had the big names. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I would have liked to see it, and I don't know what would have happened after that, but the, I just don't know how long it would have taken. Like, could could you make it all the way through to Starcade 99? Uh, I'm not sure. So that's the only question I would have with that. What say you, Brian? Was was Nash justified in his reasoning for beating Goldberg and ending the streak? No, because it really wasn't about that. It was it was it was about Nash. <laughs> wasn't 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 Nash like doing the booking? He was part of the booking that yeah. around this time. Yep, yeah, put himself to yeah. win. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. Well, another question. If Nash wasn't... like, Let's say, because again, the streak had to end at some point. Was Nash the right guy to end the streak? And if he wasn't, who? 
no, he wasn't the right guy to end the streak. Uh, I mean, that that was proven over time that he wasn't <laughs> the right guy. Uh, I, man, I really don't know. Do you? I really like. I, I don't think the streak should have ended that night. I think it should have. I think it should have kept going until you to- find a suitable heel to to like beat Goldberg. I don't think Nat Nash was definitely not the guy. But that's not just because I'm saying that was wrong. I don't have a solution. I I don't know who it who it was. It was probably nobody. At I the know time. the guy. Okay. He was in this match. Bam Bam Bigelow. No. Yep. No. Yep. What is, what, what? No. He's a badass. I'd go with Nash. He's a badass. Nash was super over, at least. Yeah. But he's not a heel. Yeah, he's not a heel. S- who Nash? So yeah. at least he was over. again. At least he was over. <laughs> he says so. I mean, look, and I don't disrespect Bam Bam. Bam Bam was dope back in the day. I just feel like WCW '98. That just wasn't his. That's believable. Time. That's believable to me. So is Kevin Nash, though. That's the yeah, part of I know. Too. Kevin I'm, Nash is seven feet tall. I would rather a monster type of you know Bam Bam Bigelow uh, bring him in, bring him in right away, and. You know, that's kind of, like, shocking. You know, like, Kevin Nash has been there. Yeah, he, this is the first time he's facing Goldberg, but I don't know. That just, Bam Bam would have been sweet. I, I enjoyed his work at ECW a lot, so that might have might too. be why I'm saying that because, you know, they brought him in, and I thought they were booking him pretty well. I thought he was, like, this guy, like, you should be afraid of him. He's dangerous to Goldberg, and if you haven't beat him, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Bam Bam, Bam, Bam Bigelow, WCW champion, like, at the end of 98 or early 99 or in the mid-99. I don't know. It's definitely different. But uh, you know, I, th- I think those two, I-, I guess, Bam Bam's more of a wrestler, though, like a pro wrestler. So I'm not sure how his matches with Goldberg would have went, you know, if they did it that way. Uh, they just did a completely different way where his matches weren't very good. So I don't know. But I would have liked I to see, that, see how that panned out. I think I got a guy who... If it wasn't going to be Kevin Nash, I know who you're going to me, say. I know who you're going to say. <laughs> who am I going to say? Not nah, good. <laughs> I don't, don't want to look stupid. <laughs> to me, it could have been Scott Steiner. Oh, I was going to say Hogan. Like, <laughs> no, hell no. What? <laughs> hell no. That's yeah, the last hey, person. Scott Steiner's a good on one. my list. He's a good one. He was I, a, he was they, a leader of the NWO, by the way, at this point. Right. NWO Hollywood. He was, he was a leader. He was jacked up, big guy. So he's not like, oh, he's not unbelie- He's not believable. He was believable. Uh, and to me, that streak, if you're going to end it, give it to somebody who needs to the rub, like like Undertaker streak, where the, the miscalculation. Even Undertaker said this in an interview with Steve Austin. He's like, I figured it would go to somebody who needed that, and Brock didn't need that. Right? He didn't need to end the streak. Well, to me, Kevin Nash, even though he wasn't world champion yet, he was all, he was a made man in WCW. Like the the people were with him, you know. He could have won a title at some point. He couldn't won it another time, but he didn't need it right then and there. I don't, you know, he he didn't need to be made. I should say because he was already made. Scott Steiner, on the other hand, like you said, the leader of NWO Hollywood. What's a better way to get this guy over as the man? Like he's a top guy because mm-hmm. you may not have accepted him before as a top guy because he was still with his brother in the tag team with the mullet, but now he's transformed 
and maybe some people weren't buying in just yet, this is how they can buy in. He somehow beats Goldberg, and he's the world champ. And I think Goldberg and Scott Steiner, I don't know if the match quality would have been great, but it would have been for some hella good promos at least, and two badasses going after it. So uh, maybe maybe it would have been too early for Scott Steiner, but I thought, in my opinion, I thought it was, it, it could have happened, and people, it wouldn't have been uh, a wild circum- set of circumstances in 1998. But another question I have. Was it the right time to industry? Regardless of who he lost to, was Starcade 1998 was 173-0, was that the right time? Or could you think of a better time that could have been? Uh, he won it in July, and it's a crazy time in 98 because you know, long title reigns were not a thing uh, really in either promotion at this time or moving forward, but no, I, I don't think it was the right time. I think uh, it was kind of like a hot shot type thing. Every single week, the company needed something new to get the ratings. Uh, so Kevin Nash and then you know the whole Georgia Dome, Nitro, that, that was their focus. It's crazy. They had no long-term focus other than that. Um, but no, I would have you know had him beat Nash or the Schmaz ending, Starcade. That would have been terrible. But you know, have him hold it for a few more months, and I don't know necessarily think you know keep it till Starcade '99, but uh, at least give yourself some uh, latitude of okay, like we're not going to do it now, but maybe we could do it at Super Bowl in February, where it was like. Almost like a Starcade ripoff, where it was supposed to be like this big, big show. Uh, even though Eric Bischoff says Halloween Havoc was their number one, I don't even know if you can wait till huh. Halloween Havoc '99. Oh, what the hell, Eric uh, Bischoff was thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Eric Bischoff wasn't I, thinking. He just had a whole <laughs> lot of money. <laughs> I mean, maybe wait till the summer, and yeah, you beat him at Great American Bash or something like that. One of your you know staple events under the WCW banner, but by that point, you know they adopted a new look a new logo and all that so i don't know if they would have wanted to keep the title on him that long so yeah i don't i don't know if there's a perfect answer for that you got an answer brian uh no matter what they try to do they was going to wind up messing it up at that point it doesn't matter matter. (laughs) that's a that's a very fair point uh i think to me I'd save it for Starcade, whether it was 98 or 99. I don't know. I don't think having him hold it for another year until the next Starcade, until 99, I don't think that would have been a bad idea. It's just how do you get there? Uh, WCW was not good at long-term planning, as we talked about. So how do you book out the next 12 months for Goldberg, who, as great as he was, as over as he was, was pretty one-dimensional. Like It wasn't like... He had a bunch of layers to him. I guess you could unveil some layers, but then you run the risk of taking away his mystique. Because his mystique was that he was a straightforward badass who didn't talk a whole lot. He had charisma, obviously, but that was part of his mystique. It was that he was so, like, singularly focused in destroying people that if you start unveiling layers, it's like it might take away that mystique. So I think that's part of the reason why Kevin Nash thought he had to beat him. Like, not at least him in particular, but thought he, that Goldberg had to lose. So you can have him climb up that hill again and add a layer to him in some way, shape, or form. Because it would get redundant and it would get repetitive if Goldberg just cutting through people week after week, month after month, title defense after title defense. 
so people probably would have turned on it by 99 if you <laughs> yeah. if you had him champion until Starcade 99 yeah. Goldberg probably would have been a heel at that point uh going against a baby face I don't know who you know whatever DDP or something like that but <laughs> Bret Hart cuz he would have been a face by then <laughs> maybe whoever either way people probably would have turned on it it's not like UFC cuz you see a guy you only see the guy fight once or twice a year so he like Anderson Silva when he's defending his title like 12 13 times he only had like at most two or three fights a year so you didn't see him that much when you did see him you knew it was gonna be exciting because somebody's gonna get knocked out trash in some way and no one one would mind it but in wrestling especially in the late 90s is a little different week after week you were seeing these guys and yeah people would turn on it because it's the same thing it gets repetitive it gets redundant so it had to happen at the Starcade, in my opinion. But I guess if you don't want him to hold a title for another year, it had to happen at Starcade '98. Yeah. So that's just my thinking behind it. And last question about this: Should Goldberg had lost clean, or were you okay with the Schmaz shenanigans outcome of cheating in some way, shape, or form? I guess depending if uh, your long-term plan was to turn him heel, I uh, would have him lose clean. Uh, if not, keep him baby-faced and, yeah, schmoz. What about you, Brian? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they, as far as him losing, I think them cheating for in order for him to lose because he was so like built so high like he just this unbeatable guy like you can't beat him so yeah I think they went about that the right way like it wouldn't have been believable if somebody would beat him clean not to me not at that time right because he was invincible like you said he was he literally hadn't lost even though 82 and a half of those wins were over Jerry Flynn Nobody beat him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So yeah, he's built up to such a degree that, and that's probably why they had to get the streak off of him because he can't run through everybody. <laughs> like, at some point, we gotta put somebody else over to get them up too. You know. So, uh, but yeah, it's interesting that people universally crap on this finish. But I think, I think it's a good exercise to kind of walk through each part of it. It's like, okay, then who? How? How should it have happened? Who should have done it? When was the right time? And if you sometimes you got those are things that go into making decisions like this. It's like, I guess in Nash's mind, uh, the streak had to end because you couldn't go. There wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room with Goldberg because of that. You don't want him to have it for a whole another year if it doesn't end at Stark at ninety eight. Okay, who is who is in the position to beat him right now? If we're going to beat him at Stark at ninety eight, who's who who else could do it? Hogan's not around. We don't want to do it with Hogan. Stings hurt. DDP, who I, I think could have done it, but they, they just had to match a Halloween Havoc, so we can't do that again. They probably had the Giant get beat by Goldberg multiple times already. So who's somebody he hasn't beat already that's in a position to... It would make sense that Goldberg would lose to this person. And maybe Kevin Nash was the only guy, <laughs> like, when you think about it. Besides, like, like I said, Scott Steiner. You know? So I wonder I if Kevin Nash thought guys. that much about that. He got the book, and then he's like, "Oh, you know what? Let me see." Look, 
Yeah. I would hope that was the case and not he would just do it. And I'm sure part of it was selfish. It was it's a lot <laughs> easier to say I'm the only guy instead of somebody else is the only guy. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. that happened with bookers back in the day, like uh, Bill Watts or something like that. Like I trust – or who else? Who was running AWA? Greg Gagne or Vern Gagne, not Greg Gagne, Vern Gagne. Um, they would put the title on themselves because I, I trust myself <laughs> more than I trust anybody else. So – and I'm sure Kevin was like, "Oh, I, I could, I could do it. It makes sense. You know, it's a lot easier to convince himself that he was a guy than somebody else. I'm sure. But when you look around, who else would have been the guy? Hmm. Yeah. So not disco. Not disco. <laughs> no, not disco. Not Buff Bagwell. Um. Not. Not Prince Ikea, not Ernest the <laughs> Cat Miller, even though he was calling himself the greatest. Very entertaining. He's hilarious. Love Ernest the Cat Miller. But um, that is Starcade 1998. A very, I don't want to say controversial, just a very polarizing night for WCW. Uh, and one of, I mean, I guess you could say it in hindsight. It's easy to say in hindsight it's a misstep. And I'm sure a lot of people said it at the time because they were angry and emotional about the streak ending. But it's just a it's just so much that went wrong with WCW. And I guess at the end of the day, this was a net negative for them. Uh before you know, as things started to go downhill. So <laughs> any mm-hmm. closing thoughts on the show before we wrap it up, gentlemen? Yeah, I remember uh, being that pro WWF guy back then. And how, you know, Goldberg was just a stone-cold rip-off. And I was like, oh, now they're ripping off Austin losing the belt by making Goldberg lose the belt. What the hell? <laughs> uh, man, I was I was a hilarious fan back then. I really was. Oh, I'm sure you uh, were. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I remember Goldberg kind of... Goldberg didn't lead to lose. You well, went over clean. No, I, I was happy. I was like, all right, okay, okay. Goldberg's not the champ. Stone-cold rip-off cool but uh <laughs> no, I, I grew to like him you know as the years went on uh, at least what he did in wcw and why the fans liked him because i never understood it until you know <laughs> as i got older i was like man he was just like a dom- dominating and fans love that it was like it wasn't that deep you know uh the way the message boards made it and all that it just it wasn't as deep as people s- would like to think so uh, yeah, very entertaining guy. I was happy because, you know, I got a title change. I always love title changes. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, eh, I was okay until Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brian? I had other stuff. Well, I had grown stuff on my mind then. I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really. No, nah, but, uh, yeah, man, it was it was... Goldberg, Goldberg was like, he had, he had that like, he had people captivated. So people were talking about it. They were definitely talking about it the day after, uh, in in school and stuff like that. So I do, I definitely remember that, and I remember how people felt. People were adamant about it. They had stuff to say about it, <laughs> and it wasn't good. No, no, and it's still to no, this day. No. It's, it's still to this day. People look back at this and be like, ah, this was a terrible decision about WCW. But I think, like I said, it's a good exercise to kind of like break it down piece by piece and really look at context. Context is important. 
sometimes you got to pull back and look at the bigger picture to really okay what kind of went into this decision what do you if i could put myself in somebody else's mind and what could have possibly went behind this decision uh you know i know some people don't do that when it comes to sports they look at a coach and be like what the hell was he thinking why did he do this why did he do that but sometimes they consider a lot of different things that go into those decisions that we don't think about it seems like an easy one two three decision to us but it may not be quite as simple to you know in reality as it seems so uh oh doing that little exercise but uh in the meantime though yeah and uh, until next time until 2021 let's wrap up the show with some plugs please nick total time bell to bell action one hour 31 minutes 58 seconds that's not even half the show the show yeah. was like three hours almost yeah so about half the show yeah an hour and a half yeah that's about half the show yeah you're right incredible you can follow me at wait a second wait a second that was literally <laughs> bell half to the bell show though bell to bell action you had a promo before every damn match yeah like on the mic and all that like almost every match that's it was wild. crazy that's it's like wild. yes we're here we ordered the pay-per-view stop talking <laughs> go like why are you trying to like it's just annoying but yeah isn't that crazy <laughs> unbelievable you can follow me oh. at bocone on twitter eric rowan's on aw tonight yeah yeah <laughs> At least tonight. At least tonight. Hopefully, tonight. Yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, he made a little run in. By the way, Brody Jr. hit MJF with the Singapore cane. Hilarious. Nice. By the way, I was watching that, and he tore the mask, the Dark Order mask off Brody Jr. MJF did. But I, he accidentally grabbed too much, I think, and <laughs> he knocked Brody Jr.'s head into the guardrail. <laughs> nice. So I hope he's okay. But it looked like he <laughs> might have got a little stung there. But... Uh, good stuff so far on the tribute show so i can't wait to watch that in full you can follow me at nick Picone on twitter follow us at shooters radio on twitter you can follow us at facebook at facebook.com slash shooters radio and you can listen to this podcast on phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com brian you got any plugs there yeah uh you know i do um <laughs> follow me at <laughs> at the Brian Isley on Instagram, uh, you can follow me on Brian at Brian Isley Live on Twitter. And uh, last since the last time I've been on this show, uh, I've come out with a new album, guys. It's it's called it's called Uno. It's the one take the the one track album. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, that's available on title on Apple Music, on Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you stream and download your music, you can. You can listen to my latest offering. They say it's my best album yet. So, y'all should listen there to it. There you go. It's Sweet. Hilarious. You know we will. It's funny stuff. Damn you straight. listen to it. Yeah, shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, if you can't find me there, you can find me out here in these streets. But, of course, not too much because we're still in the <laughs> middle of a pandemic. So, stay your ass in the house. <laughs> and William Ass. Um, and all that good stuff, of course. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, check out some of my writing, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And make sure to check us out wherever podcasts are available. But until next time, for Nick McCone and Brian Isley, my name is Devon Johnson. And thanks for listening to episode 265, 266, I should say. <laughs> 266 of the Straight Shooters. And we'll catch you all again 
next week in the new year of 2021. Let's leave this crappy year of 2020 behind where it belongs and have a bigger and better year in 2021. Peace.